Blog Talk Radio.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We're going to be uh, this afternoon or this day in Genesis. Um, I'm sorry, Revelation 1. Genesis, oh, I got stuck with Genesis. Revelation chapter 1 is where we're going to go uh, start on our, on our study. Uh, we know that Revelation 1 is the revelation of Jesus Christ to, to his servant John. So I'm going to title this teaching, the 22 chapter of the book of Revelation, The Revelation of Jesus, part one is this, and then we'll go to part two. But this is part one. Revelation of Jesus, part one. Amen. The Revelation of Jesus Christ. So we start in um, um, Genesis chapter one. I'm sorry, Revelation 1. 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him. Hallelujah. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him. So there's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. That which God gave unto him to show unto his servant the thing which must be surely be done. You see that? In that verse, then I'll have my wife read verse 2 and then Brother, Brother Ben verse 3. But in verse 1 is what I want to point out is that Jesus himself way upon the revelation of the Father. We should supposed to weigh on the, on the revelation on, on God or from God through Jesus. Let every year we are proper messenger. Really, Jesus received the revelation from the Father. He gives it to us and then we give it to his people. That's the way it is. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He waited upon the Father for his revelation, the timing. That's why no one knows the day nor the hour upon the coming of Jesus, because only the Father knows. Only the Father knows. He had not given that revelation to anyone yet. Amen? So it's very important. So Jesus received it. He gives it unto, uh, uh, to show unto his servant the things which must surely be done, which he, which he sent, and show by his angel unto his servant John. Now, another person, an angel. An angel, Jesus received from the Father. Jesus gives it to the angel. He gives it to the angel to bring it to John. It don't mean that the information is lost somewhere, like it happened on earth. Mm-hmm. That when, when you uh, get a message and you give it to someone, that other someone may miss a lot of it. Well, the angel don't have those problems. Angels are empowered by God to do this work, and they don't forget anything. Their mind is fully capable to deliver the entire message message and revelation together, which is so much to, for us. No computer can really, um, right now, in this, in this 2016, no computer can handle the entire Bible in a visual revelation. Uh, as the example of the book of Revelation, which it was shown to John, if you read the word, hallelujah, to show unto his servant the thing which must, must uh, surely be done. He not only told him, he showed him. He showed him. So the Bible is visual. It is real. It is reality. And the information, it is so much more than any computer out there. Amen. And so the angel needed to come to John to help John receive the revelation, uh, see what he, God was going to show him, hallelujah, and been able to pass it on to, on, on to us, I'm sorry. 
So John is receiving through the, by the angel that the Lord sent, and is writing down these things, because you're going to hear that they are recorded, record. Record, uh, when you record something, you don't miss anything, because a record, a recorder, which we have today, a digital recorder, you know, and so much recorder, it, it retain most all the information. None of it is lost. Amen. So John's mind was... God did something to John's mind that it was not like you, your mind and my mind. His mind was behaving or was like a recorder. Amen. Not only he was listening, but he was seeing. He was writing down. And not, not one word was added or taken away. Isn't that right? Isn't that what the Bible said? Mm -hmm. So his mind was like a recorder. Uh, verse 2 now. Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that he saw. So he, he when he say he bear record, what does he mean? It has to be explained. He witnessed. Yeah. He witnessed. What he heard. Okay. He witnessed. So mostly he was part of it. Yes. He was part of the revelation because when you when you um, go to school, an example, you become part of the school. That's why they say, "Oh, you went to Harper, you went to you know," because you'll become part of it. Amen. So John was part of the revelation himself. His whole life was part of the revelation. When John, the apostle John, is remember when people talk about him, what do they say? Oh, he's the one that, that wrote revelation. Doesn't they say that? Because immediately his life became part of part of the revelation. He was part of the book of Revelation. His life was part of it. So when someone criticizes the book of Revelation, uh, they're criticizing John. They're criticizing John. And when you criticize the message, the message of a prophet, you are criticizing the prophet. Amen. And that's why the Lord says, anyone that comes against one of my little ones, comes against me, because you're coming against the message, you're coming against the life, you're coming against everything that, that, that has to do with God. And that's why, be careful uh, when you criticize someone, either someone in the Bible or a prophet of the Lord, calling someone a full prophet, it is a serious matter. I tell you right now, it is a serious matter. It is like an abomination, which an abomination is a great sin. Brothers and sisters, so please, please, please pray before you call anyone a full prophet because it's like an abomination. It's a serious sin. And God doesn't take it lightly. God doesn't take it lightly. That's why he talks about the marker in them because he doesn't take those things lightly. And we have to learn about these things. Verse 3, brother. Then. Blessed is he that readeth and, that, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. And keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Now, we know that this book was written close to 2,000 years by now, but it still tells you the time is at hand. What do you mean by that? That it's drawing near. Drawing near, amen. That it's coming to pass. Coming to pass. Coming to pass. Draw nigh. And then it said, Blessed is he that readeth. Why is he blessed? Why are we blessed when we read it? 
Because it's the word of God. Amen. That's it. We are blessed when we read it because it's the word of God. It is God's word that it will be fulfilled. And it's going to come to pass. And God is not a man that he will lie. Or the son of man he will repent. So it's very important. We understand that this, this word is his word. It is going to come to pass whether sooner or later. Amen. God is going to fulfill his word. So it's very important. We know and we understand the seriousness of God's word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, I'm now, mine is verse 3. I'm sorry, verse 4. Uh, praise the Lord. And then, here is in the keep of the word of the prophecy. When you hear and keep the word of a prophecy, it's very important because then you believe the prophet. You believe God sent the prophet. So take that to heart, please. Verse 4. John to the seven churches, which are in Asia, grace be with you and peace from him. Hallelujah. Peace from him, peace from him which is and which is and was and in which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before the throne. Now Jesus is Jesus what Jesus is, Jesus was, and Jesus is to come. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. He is, he was, and he is to come. Why does he say is first? Because he's in the action now. He's doing something in our life. He's doing something in our creation. That we don't see, but he's always doing something. God is active because he's alive. Alive means uh, uh, in order for you to be alive, you got to have movement. you got to move. you got to do something. you got to say something. What God is saying, and he's always doing something in behalf of his creation, behalf of his people. So he is fighting for us. He's interceding for us. Imagine that. That's why he's alive. He's interceding for us. Praise the Lord. So that's, that's very important to also know that God intercedes for us. Praise the Lord, in that he is faithful, God is faithful, and God is going to bring his word come to pass, brothers and sisters. Amen. Uh, the churches in Asia, because though in the time of John, these are the churches that, that were saved through the Apostle Paul and the, and the rest of the Apostle, and they were always waiting for a message from God, from the Apostle. Amen. From through the hand of the Apostle or the Apostle Paul. Amen. By this time of this message, I believe the Apostle Paul was dead. Peter and them were all dead. John was actually the last apostle. I believe this is one of the reasons why the, 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 when the Bible was being put together, people did not want to have the book of Revelation because it was the last book of all the books that were written because most of the apostles were dead, and the only apostle alive was the Apostle John in the island of Parchment. And he was in his 80s plus years when he was there. So all of them had died. Remember that John was one of the younger apostles. A lot of people don't remember that. Young, John was one of the younger apostles of the Lord. Amen. Which helped him to stay longer, Lord. But it don't matter. The Lord could keep John, he stole his disciple, longer than anyone. A lot of people, when, when they ask Jesus about John, and he said that he could keep him longer, uh, they think about the life of John because he was the last apostle, John. And they think that when Jesus spoke to us, well, he was talking that John was going like, to die last than everybody else or go home last than everybody else. A lot of people think so. Amen. Uh, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, which is that faithful witness and that first begotten of the dead and that prince of the kings of the earth, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his blood. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. And um, going back to verse 4, before I, I, I talk about verse 5, Jesus is a, the past, present, and future. His word is prophetic, past, present, and future. It will definitely change your life. Remember that, past, present, and future. Verse 5. Uh, and from Jesus Christ, uh, which is the faithful witness, God, God is not, it doesn't only say or create. God is also a witness of himself for what he has done. So that's why God cannot swear for anyone greater because there's none greater than him. So he swears for, him, for himself, for his own throne. And I heard someone saying, why did God swear for his throne? Because uh, God was saying in the Hebrew, God was saying uh, when he swore before his throne is that if his word don't come to pass, he will destroy his own throne. That's what the rabbi understand. So can you imagine how faithful God is? The God is saying to humanity, all his creation, if my word don't come to pass, I'll destroy my own throne. My throne will be no more. And Jesus said it this way, heaven and earth, heaven and earth. Well, he says, what do you mean heaven and earth? Rabbi was right. Heaven and earth will pass. In other words, I'm willing to destroy heaven and earth, but my word were not passed. So they were right, you see. He's got to study further. Amen. So he saw by his own throne, he will destroy. Heaven is his throne, the Bible says, right? So he swore to destroy his own throne if his word don't come to pass. So if someone say, well, how do you know the word of God is going to come to pass? Yes or not? Well, God swear by his own throne, he will destroy if it doesn't come to pass. He's not playing around. God is serious. God is very serious. Uh, verse uh, 6, Reverend. And have made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Now, in verse 5, the first begotten of the dead, I don't want to skip that one. The first begotten of the dead, he is the first raised from the dead. Some people say, but what about Lazarus? Well, Lazarus was raised by Jesus and Jesus himself. That's a mystery. Praise the Lord. And the prince of the king of the earth, and unto him that love us, he is the prince of the king of the earth. Jesus, all the king, all the president of the earth, it is Jesus who established it and put him into office, just to make that clear. It made us king and priest unto God, even his father. Now, king and priest, we are king and priest. This is why God told Moses that the fire and the altar must always be burning. How do we relate that in the New Testament? Jesus said to the church that the church is the light of the world. And what did he say about the light? That the light cannot be in, but it has to be put up in the open so it can lighten. We, you, ye are the salt, the salt of the earth. What does the salt, the salt does? Preserve. Through us, God is preserving humanity, creation through the bride of Christ. But we must be on fire for God. If the church is not on fire, which fire means light. In the old time, what did they use for light? Fire. <laughs> Jesus said, you are the light. That means your life got to be on fire for God always. If you're not on fire for God, you're not lighting anyone. Praise the Lord. Now, fire, the fire in the altar that God told Moses to keep burning, represented what? Jesus. What else represented? Mercy. Grace and salvation because of forgiveness of sins. 
When we are burning like the altar of Moses, that means we have Christ in our heart. It represents mercy. We have to have mercy on people. We have to be forgiven and loving. Because God, because of his love, forgave everyone through Christ. That fire in the altar that God told Moses to keep, keep burning was a representation of Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. That's why Jesus said, ye are the light. The fire must be burning in you for you to be forgiven to other people. If you're not forgiven, the fire is not on, it's not on you. It's not burning on you as it should, according to the word, not according to my own opinion. Amen. Verse, am I in verse 7 now? Yes. Behold, he cometh with a cloud. Why is he coming with a cloud? <laughs> he coming with cloud. Why is he coming with cloud? Because he left with cloud. This is the disciples saw him leave with cloud. And if it's the same Jesus, because people are going to question even, well, he left with the cloud. Why is he not coming with the cloud? <laughs> if it's the same Jesus, he needs to come with the cloud. Because the devil cannot come with the cloud. Only Jesus can come with the cloud. The cloud were under his feet. When he comes back, the cloud will be on his feet again. Everything, all creation serve the Lord. Clouds are made to serve the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Though he come with cloud, and every eye should see him. Why would any eye need to see him? Because when he left, he did not left hidden from everyone. All the multitude that have received him saw him go. More, more than what, 500 people, the Bible says. A multitude saw him leave and saw the cloud under his feet. So when he comes back, and for the Jewish people and the rest of the world to receive him, those that say, I need to see to believe, they will see him come back with the cloud. The multitude will see him. More eyes will see him. A lot of people say, that's why God created CNN and Fox News, because in the moment Jesus comes back, all the camera will be on him, and every single television channel will see him. Not necessarily. But if he did, because I heard Pastor preach for many years, that's why we got so much technology today. When Jesus comes back, he's going to be on television. Every day. Oh, I will see him. What do you think, brother? Yes. Does that help? All the television camera. Because when the president is going to speak, they got all these television cameras. Yeah. And all the world can see him, right? Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. But I think he is so big and so large, and he, he's only present. I don't think he needs camera. When he's come back, oh, I will see him because he's only present. He'll be here in the Philippines and everywhere. Just in case for those that God is only present. Only present. So he'll be everywhere. He doesn't need television camera in case uh, some people say, oh, amen to that, brother. No. <laughs> Everyone can see it. You don't need to see him through television. He'll, he'll be right there in front of your lawyer as a giant. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Although he's 5'7", five, 5'8", five, he's still a giant. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Uh, where are we now? Verse 8. Verse, oh, wait a minute. Uh, okay, I have I finished uh, verse uh, 7. Even they which pierced him through. Who was the one that pierced Jesus? The soldier. The Romans. Right. In Rome, in the Catholic Church, they will see Jesus when he comes coming back. 
The Jewish people will see him. The rest of the world will see Jesus when he comes back. He wants to be seen by everyone. Why? Because he wants everyone to know that his word is true. That's why. He, wants, he, is, he is the witness of his own word. And he's going to confirm his word to them with his own presence, with his own appearance. He's going to confirm the word. Thank you, Lord, for that revelation. And all kindreds of the earth, hallelujah, should wail, cry before him, even so, amen. Everyone, when they see him, they will cry. Why? Why will they cry? Because in that moment, they will know he's the only hope. He has been the only hope. They will know that he's God Almighty. And uh, if they would have kept his word, they, they would have been in relationship with him. When Mary, Martha and Mary saw Jesus coming, what did they do? They cried. Lord, if you were here, my brother would have not died. Why, why do they cry? They just not cry only because their brother was dead. Because he was very buried four days ago. I mean, you can cry so much, but I don't think you're going to cry straight forward. Mm -hmm. Some people can. But by this time, the tears were dry, you know. So I don't think they were just there crying because in the moment they saw Jesus, they knew, wow. If you were here, she said, my brother would have not died. Immediately she recognized he's the life. He gave his life. He would, raise, he would not let him die. He would have kept him alive. When the world see him, they immediately going to recognize him as God. As Jesus who died on the cross, the only help for humanity. Immediately, they're going to be touching their heart and convinced that Jesus is the only way to the Father, to heaven. In that very second. That's very important to know and share. Uh, verse 8, someone. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, said the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, even the Almighty. Even the Almighty. That is incredible. Now, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. A lot of the Jewish people have criticized that um, the Lord said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, instead of the, the, um, the, the Hebrew calendar. I forget, I forget which one are they right now. Then some, um, some actually, some, oh my goodness, thank you, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. It's one of those, Psalm, Psalm 119, where you find the calendar of the Jewish people. Psalm 119. And so, in Psalm 119, if you read it, it tells you that, oh, I can't remember exactly, the, 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 the calendar in Hebrew. I knew it. I knew it for many years because I studied it. Okay, but this is the Greek Alpha and Omega. This is not Hebrew, in case anyone didn't know this. And it's been criticized that why was it said in Hebrew and not in Greek? Well, one of the things is because the disciples were in Asia, where more Greek was spoken in Hebrew. And Jesus knows every language. I think it's a good thing that God is showing he knows every language and everyone is important to him. You see, because the Greek, uh, the, 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 by that time, by this time, this word was given to the Apostle John. The Hebrew and the Greek have become one people, have mixed together in the, in the Gentile, most likely. And a lot of the, the people with more wisdom were among the Greek, were from the Greek. 
So by him saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, was reaching out to them, offering his salvation to everyone, said the Lord, which is, and which is, which was, and which is to come, even the Almighty. He says, even the Almighty, I am like God, I am God. He says, he's saying that he's God, the Almighty. Very important. A lot of people don't say, when I said that Jesus was the Almighty, people criticized me back in 2012. How can you say that Jesus is the Almighty? Well, let me show what the Word of God says. He says he's the Almighty. No, only the Father is Almighty, they were telling me. But Jesus said he was the Almighty. Set the Lord, said John right there. That was where it came from God the Father who told Jesus to tell them that he was even the Almighty. <laughs> And they're criticizing Jesus for saying that he was even the Almighty when the word came from the Father. The revelation came from the Father to Jesus, to the angel, to John. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We have to believe the word, just as it is, because it comes from the Father. And the Father knows all. Brother Ben, verse 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. For the witness of Jesus Christ, the testimony. He, he uh, John was in the same suffering you and I will be today. Same thing John was going through, we are going through. We are being persecuted. They're coming against us, calling us liar. There's so many ways they're coming against us. Hallelujah. But this is the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ. He suffered for all. Jesus was the example of suffering in the word of God. Some people say, Joe, no, Jesus. Because Jesus, was, Jesus is the son of God. And, and Joe sinned. But Jesus, Jesus did not sin at all. Joe was perfect. He still sinned. But Jesus being perfect, he never sinned. That's the way. You got to see it for what it is. Because people, no, Joe, no, Jesus. Jesus is the example in the patience. He's in the patience of Jesus Christ was was in the island of Patmos. Patmos. That was a very that is a very small island, and there, there was only a prison in that island. I seen the, the the pictures and report out of this island, the video. It's a very small island, no houses in that island, just a jail there, a prison. That's why they used to take the prisoner there by boat, and so they would not escape. The Romans used to do that. So he was in there thrown by the Romans. Amen. And the word of God for the witnesses of Jesus Christ. We are all witnesses of the Lord. What do we witness? We witness the Lord because we believe. And the moment you believe, you become witness of him. Amen. We are witness also because of what he done in our life. The change he has brought to our life shows us that he's real. That he is alive. Amen. <coughs> and verse 10 now is mine. And I was ravished in spirit. Ravished, I believe it's renewed in spirit. Ravished, I, I, I think it's re, re, ravished is renewed or changed, either one. Or found myself in the spirit. I was ravished in spirit on the Lord's day. Lord's day is it's the Sabbath, Saturday, right? On the Saturday. Uh, that's what the Saturday does to you, renew to you. Kind of look it up. Ravish. He said, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, what does your word say there? Well, you saw the word. Does it say ravish? No. What does it say? It says that I was in the spirit 
on the Lord today? Ravish. Um, I know this is a Geneva, and, and God meant what he said, and he said what he means, and, and it's for us to help us. He, he, was, he was in the spirit. Praise the Lord. I mean, ravish might be a Hebrew word. I was in the spirit. He was ravishing spirit of the, the Lord day, which is the Sabbath. Amen. So John was still keeping the Sabbath. Amen. Because the people say, oh, you're supposed to keep the Sabbath. The Apostle John was still keeping the Sabbath in the New Testament. So in the Lord's day, he calls the Sabbath, the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a great voice, and it has been of, the, of a trumpet. Now I explained to the people that the voice of the Lord is a trumpet. It's like a trumpet. When he speaks to you, uh, that's why I believe when the Apostle Paul says that we will hear the last trumpet, we will hear the Lord. Because John also heard the Lord. He heard the trumpet, but he also heard the Lord say, come hither. Amen. Come hither. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Many many in the strong Hebrew dictionary, ravage. Um, wow. Ravage word originating. Oh, thank you, Lord. Ignorant may wander, made to wander. He was made to wander. It, it's, uh, that was verse uh, 10. Amen. So, in the late of the Lord, in the Sabbath, great the voice of a trumpet. The voice of the Lord is like a trumpet. The last trumpet, the, the last thing we will hear is Jesus. The first thing we hear is the Lord when He saves us, the personal relationship with the Lord. What will be the last thing we will hear? The Lord again. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he is all in all. He is our all. He is our all, brothers and sisters. He is nothing He is nothing less, but he's always evermore. Remember that. He's always evermore in our life. The, the, the bride of Christ is the body of Christ. It's part of Christ. When we hear his voice, I hear the voice of my beloved in the street. Says in the book of Song, the boys are my beloved. It is a boys, the boys like a trumpet. Says John, Amen. It's an all relationship with the Lord, with God Almighty, with Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Verse eleven. He heard a trumpet that was saying something. Saying, "I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last." And that which those see, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Now, one thing I want to say that John did not have the knowledge of right. John was a man with no, with no uh, school. Okay, that means uh, John was not a, 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 a writer, which was called, um, remember what it was called, the writer in the back? In the scribe. scribe. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you for helping me. John was not a scribe to write any book. It, when it was told to John to write, that means that the word was important to be put in a book. Now, an angel could have wrote this for John. The angel that was helping him could have also write the book for him to make sure none of the word were lost, because John was not a writer. But it don't mean that God cannot make you capable of writing. 
Because wisdom come from God. He created the hand and the mouth. Remember what he told to Moses? Then I created the mouth to speak. So God is not limited by your knowledge. In other words, God is almighty and he can do anything. God can take your hand and write a whole book through you. If you ask him to, you just got to believe. Amen. But it was told to John to write. But it doesn't say God made John capable or gifted him to write. So we know that John did not write. Someone else wrote this book. Amen. But it was as John because it was supervised by John. Amen. But it was told to him to write. But it could have been an angel. Verse, verse um, thank you, Lord. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Amen. The seven golden candlesticks, the menorah in Hebrew, the seven golden candlesticks uh, are, are this representation of the bride of Christ, the fire and the bride of Christ. This is why God told Moses to keep the fire and the altar burning, okay? Because it represented the bride of Christ on fire for Christ. So it's very important that we remain on fire for God. Amen. Now, my wife said something to me. I said, we're talking about the menorah, the, the, the seven candlestick. Uh, we talked about this morning, what happened if some of the candles are off? What happened if some of the candles are off? And if some of the candles are off in someone's life, and the person is, 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 is lukewarm, when the candles are off, the person is lukewarm, then the person cannot be merciful. The person cannot help anyone if the, some of the, land, the, the, the candles are off. Because if we are supposed to be on fire, we're supposed to be the light of the world. If the candles are off, we're not being the light. Then we have no discernment. Why do we need the candlestick on? Why do we need the, the, the candlestick on? Because we need to have discernment. That's why. Discernment of good and evil. Discernment of demons. One of the things that fire is used of in some of the homes even today is to keep the box away. People will light up a fire, a can of fire, next to their home to keep the box away. But in reality, that's to, to keep the demons away and the spirit. When you are on fire for God, demons stays away from you because of the fire. The fire represents God is in, fully in your life. The Lord is fully in your life. The Almighty is fully in your life. So the, the candlestick, all seven, represent Jesus, the Word of God. Represent the fullness of God in your life. When all seven candlesticks are on fire, are burning, the fullness of Christ is in your life. The fullness of the Spirit is in your life. This is why the seven candlesticks needs to be on. If three or two of those candles are off, you are beginning to be turned off before God. And the devils and the demons are waiting for all the rest to die to get hold of your life. Be careful. Be very careful. Thank you, Lord. In the midst of the seven candlesticks, amen. And in the, in the midst of, oh, Brother Ben, who's reading yeah. that one? Go ahead. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paths with the golden girdle. 
Now he is in the midst of the seven candlesticks. He is in the midst of his bride. The seven candlesticks represent the bride, the word of God. Now he is in the midst of his bride. That's why when Jesus said for us to be the light of the world, he's not telling us to do it alone. Because he told his disciples, I will be with you all the rest of your life. He is in the midst of us, with us. He is the fire. Remember the, 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 the three Hebrews that were thrown in the fire by the king? Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And Abednego. And the Lord was with them in the fire. Why, why can the fire consume them? Because the fire of the Lord is greater. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. The, the Lord of fire is greater. So the Lord showed by being, walking with them in the fire, and now even their hair was burned. The fire of the Lord was protecting them from the other fire. Because this fire was greater. Thank you, Lord. In the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like it to the Son of Man. Jesus, uh, we are made in the image of God like in the Son of Man. Clothed with garment down to his feet. He is fully dressed. The bride needs to understand about dressing, clothing. God wants us to be fully clothed. The Son of God is fully clothed. Read it right there. We're going to read it again. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one who looked... Like unto the Son, I mean, clothed with a garment down to his feet. Why is he clothed down from his neck down to his feet, from down to his feet? Because he's not going to be a temptation to nobody. Our body can be a temptation, men or women. We, the Bible teaches us how to dress. And Jesus is our example. He dressed right all the time. Every time I see him, the Lord, he's always dressed right, covering himself completely. Nama his part in his body are naked, neither her leg, his leg or anything. He's very careful to dress, in other words. And he's the son of God, brothers and sisters. So why women and men today think that it is okay for to show part of their body when they get dressed? It's not okay. It's not okay. Down to his feet, girder about the path with a golden um, girder. Amen. Verse 14. His head and his hair were white as white wool and as snow. His eyes were a flame of fire. So one thing the Lord revealed to me that I'm going to share today. Amen. But his head and his hair were as white wool. Why? Because he, the white hair in, in the book of Proverbs is pointing to the wise, to the older that are wise one. The eyes, his eyes were a flame of fire. What he's shown in Genesis, his eyes are not like, like fire. Because he comes to create with love and caring. Well, when he returns here, he doesn't return with love and caring. He returned with fire on his eyes. Fire means judgment. Fire came down on Sodom and Gomorrah when he came to judge them. Brothers and sisters. So he comes to judge the earth back again with fire in his eyes in his second coming. In other words, to destroy the evil, to burn. Everything will be tested by fire on the end of time, the Bible says to the, Paul writing to the Corinthians. Even our works, the bride of Christ's works is going to be tested by fire. Why? Because God is going to test our life, our works, his creation, the earth, by fire. 
Why is Satan and all them being thrown into the lake of fire? Because the fire of God, they will not pass through it no more. Because they're not repenting and they're fully in sin. Nothing sinful will ever come to the Lord's throne anymore or be in the Lord's kingdom anymore. Nothing that do not, cannot pass fire, the test of fire. Because I had asked the Lord, Lord, with all these demons on the earth that look like humans, how are, are they going to go to the millennium? And the Lord showed me that everyone will be passed through fire. That's how he's going to separate them. What did Jesus say about the, the parable of the, of the one, in one of his parables, when his enemy came in and saw the bad sea? He, says, they, he told his angel, his servant, that to leave them to the end, not to separate them, the two. The tear and the... Weed the, the weed and the tear. He said, leave it for the end and separate and, and gather them together at the end. They will be gathered and thrown in the fire. In the fire. Right. Everything will be tested through the fire. He said, why would these demons want out? He was showing me, why are they not going to live anymore? Why are they not going to be? Because I'm going to test them through the fire myself and they're not going to make it through. They're going to hell to the lake of fire. That's what they're going. I said, oh, wow, Lord, that gave me such a peace. Gave me a peace to know that. Because right now they're deceiving humanity, and no one knows. But they're going to be tested through the fire, and the Lord God Almighty is going to do this. And he knows who they are. He knows exactly who they are. What verse are we now? 15. Go ahead, read 15. And his feet like unto fine brass, burning as in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He is the bur he is the furnace himself. The furnace that everyone's going to be put through, the fire that everyone's going to be put through that comes out of the furnace is Jesus Christ himself. He is the fire. The Bible says he will purify his era with fire. Fire is coming before him. When uh, the prophet was talking about him, I believe it was Malachi. One of the prophets said he fire he was coming with fire to purify everything. It is the end. Fires in his eyes. He is the furnace. His feet is like unto fine grass, burning as a furnace. Well, one thing here that is shown to the Hebrew, verse 15, uh, the, the, the tabernacle that was made had brass in it. Jesus is the tabernacle. Jesus is the tabernacle. He showed himself here to the Hebrew. Uh, the Gentile is a bit difficult unless you study it to know. But to the Hebrew... He showed himself here like, a fine, like unto a fine brass burning as in a furnace. That's how was the altar. Had all these ingredients there that God told them how to make it in the Old Testament. Jesus is that altar. Jesus is a furnace. Not only is he the altar, not only he is the tabernacle, now he's also the fire in the furnace. Oh, my goodness. He's everything. That's why he had told us that he's all and all. The Bible says he's all and all. And his voice has a sound of many water. He is sweet more than anybody can be. His voice is like a trumpet. We read it before. But now it's like many water also. Who can know God? Because <laughs> he's all in all. Verse 16 now, brethren. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in its strength. Praise the Lord. And he had in his right hand a star. Thank you, Lord. So, I'm sorry, seven stars. Somehow I, I overran over that. He has in his hand seven stars. 
You know, stars are angel. We know the stars are angel. Uh, it was told to Abraham that his his descendant will be like the star of heaven. Well, in the book of Joel, it says that the star worship God, the angel, when they worship God. So he, stars are angels, clearly. He has in his hand seven angels. Of course, he's coming to judge. And the seven angels bring out seven plagues. Uh, it's like three seven that the angel have. And they come to, to re, uh, re, release the wrath of God, the seven angels. So he had in his right hand seven stars. Now, they are in his right hand. What did that tell you? Seven stars. He, he's going to do the will of God. Seven is perfection, the will of God. And, seven, and the, other, the other part of the seven, he is the creator. They are in his right hand. He's the creator. And out of his mouth went a sharp sword of two edges. The word of God. It's like a two sharp swords. Sword of two edges, the word of God says. Paul says to the churches. Amen. So his word comes out of his mouth. Hallelujah. In his face shone as the sun shining his strength. He, the sun is a revelation of Jesus. The Father gave him that. And I share with people. The sun is a revelation of Jesus. When the sun shining his strength. Do you know that the sun is not shining in his strength right now? Scientists can look at the sun. And notice that the sun is not shining as it used to. Praise the Lord. But the Lord will make sure in the millennium that the sun shines seven times more. So seven times less, that means disobedience. As sin has reached the sun, the moons and the stars. This whole galaxy is affected by sin. That's why the stars are going, going into pieces. Meteors are hitting Mars every day. And Pluto and all those planets. Sense is affecting space. Because scientists are looking at it and say, why, why is this, uh, the space changing so much less than billions of years ago, they say. It's not, it's not happening seven billions of years, thousands of years ago. Why is it happening now? Because we are in the end time. And God said, I would shake the heavens and the earth. So everything is being shaken. Uh, I know the earth is shaking a lot lately, but also space is shaking a lot too because God said I would shake the heaven and the earth. So all these meteors and, and um, what are the names? Meteors and, and um, stars and, and asteroids. asteroids, that was the word looking for, are going about the cloud because of sin, because of the end time. These are the signs from God, from heaven, that Jesus is about to come. If you don't believe anything, we are saying look to the star, look to the heaven with telescope. Get a good telescope and see all the things that are happening in space, which is a sign. Or look at the program of the things that are happening in space. Sometimes I, I look at them and I'm amazed. Where are we now? 17. 17. My turn, right? Mm -hmm. And when I saw him, says John, John says when he saw him, what a beautiful thing is to see the Lord. I fell at his feet as dead. That's one thing I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but everyone who sees the Lord, I think it's because sin is dead, and we still have sin in us. So when sin comes to Christ, die, has no power, in other words. I believe that's what it is. Because sin is dead, it has to do with dead, sin. He still was dead. That means he still has sin in his life. We still have sin in our life. Although the blood, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, all unrighteousness. 
Praise the Lord, but we are still like sinning machine. We still sin, brothers and sisters, daily. This is why we need to repent and repent daily. And we need to take repenting serious. A lot of people are not taking repenting serious. They repent when they can, they say, or when they remember, or maybe every Sunday. No, you need to repent every day as much as you can. Why? How many times a day do you sin? Can you honestly say you sin? Because a lot of people say, I don't sin every day. I don't go out killing people. Well, that's not the only sin you commit. I don't go stealing from nobody. That's not the only sin. I don't go being with other men's wife. But that's not the only sin. To some people, that's the way they talk. Brother Obi, I don't know why you say we sin every day because I don't go stealing, I don't go killing, I don't go committing adultery, all this stuff. There are many ways to sin. Jesus said, if you look up a woman and you laugh at her, you're ready to what? Committed adultery in your heart. So you don't need to go out there and sleep with anyone. What they call a white lie. That's a sin. Yeah, white lies a sin too. So we sin so many ways. We just got to honestly recognize our condition and repent. Mm -hmm. And not justify us or let the blood of Jesus justify us. Because only the blood of Jesus. You know, when you say, oh, I don't do this. Well, I don't do that. I don't need to repent because I don't, I don't need to repent because I don't do it. You're justifying yourself. You know, when you repent, the blood of Jesus justifies you the word of God says. Yeah. Let the blood justify you through repentance. Don't you justify yourself and say that you have no sin. Because God will prove you in the white throne judgment that you're a liar. God is going to prove everyone who say, I, I have no sin, that they're a liar. Amen. So he fell on his seat, he, and then he laid his right hand upon him, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. In other words, he's in control of our of our past and future and present too. So he, he is in total control. He, so we don't need to be afraid that sometimes I used to think, you know, I was worried, I remember, which I asked the Father to talk to me about this, if, if when I was teaching the Word, if I was sinning, and the Father says, hallelujah, that there is no, condena no condemnation for them that walk after the Spirit. So if you are in the Spirit when you're teaching, there's no condemnation to them that walk after the Spirit. In other words, the Spirit's giving you the Word. The Lord Himself is giving you the Word. You don't need to be afraid. And that gave me such a peace because I used to condemn myself all the time with the Word. You see, all this um, unease and without peace and all that. No, no, that's not of God. Uh, anything that is of fear is not of God. The devil likes to implant fear in people's life. Put fear in people's life. Why? So even though they're reading the word, they got this fear in them, so much fear that they will not serve God fully. The devil don't want you to serve God fully. Why? Totally. Why? Because if you trust God, if he is with you, how can the devil come against you? There's no way he can come. The, the devil will tell people, why are you fasting so much? Why do you need to fast? Stop fasting. Stop the nonsense. Look at your body. It's getting hurt, buddy. He's the devil is worried about your health. He's not worried about your health. He wants to throw you in hell. How are you worried about your health? He's doing it so you can get fearful and say, oh, you know, I can't fast without taking my medication. I'm going to take my medication. 
And then people stop fasting because they say they need to take their medication. Well, unless I hear from my doctor, I'm not going to fast. Well, the Bible says you should fast. Well, I, I got to talk to my doctor first. Well, it's the same as I say, you forget to take your medication, right? Like me, I forget to take my medication. So wouldn't it be the same thing? Why not fast? You forget to take your medication. <laughs> so the whole thing that the devil works through fear, the devil works through fear. Mm-hmm. And anything that, that, that tells you not to serve God or do or keep the word or fast or, or commit your life to the Lord, anything that will tell you not to do that is not of God. Mm-hmm. And it can be a person telling you. It can be a pastor telling you that. Because there are pastors that tell people they don't need to fast. Hmm. Oh, Jesus did it all on the cross. Why are you fasting for? You see, there's so much nonsense and false teaching out there that you need to be careful. Do what the Bible tells you to do. The Bible, Jesus said to his disciples that while he was among them, they didn't need to fast. But when he was going to be taken out of them, they needed to fast. Fast is a need to do things in the Lord. Submit the flesh to the Spirit. That's through fasting. So anyone that tells you you don't need to fast, you need to be careful, and you may need to re- rebuke them. And then repent for listening to false teaching. Thank <laughs> you, Lord. Praise you, God. So we, he's out there, up by me, say unto me, then the Lord touched him, the Lord gave him strength. He, he fell us dead, and the Lord gave him strength. When you feel weak, I want to say this, when you feel really weak, you have no strength, ask the Lord to touch you. What did he do to John? He touched him, and then he received strength. He said, Lord, touch me. Please touch me today. Lord, I have no strength. Please touch me. The Lord has come to me many occasions, even while I'm preaching. Uh, standing next to me, he got in his right hand or left hand and touched me, and I immediately received strength. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. When we are weak, ask the Lord to touch you. John fell dead at his feet. The Lord had to touch him. Daniel fell dead on his feet. There are many things that will take your strength away. Worry will take Worry is one of the main. In raising care, too. That's what I said. But, you know, your ministry can take your strength away, too. We have to ask the Lord all the time to come and touch us. Praise the Lord. I know when I minister a lot, sometimes I, I have no strength. And the Lord has to, I have to ask the Lord to come and touch me. Amen. So John, uh, Daniel fell dead at his feet. I'm trying to remember who else. That's what I'm trying to do. Who else was dead at his feet, dropped dead at his feet? But the Lord had to touch him. He had to touch Daniel and John to receive strength. Uh, when I, in heaven, when I saw him, I dropped, I dropped dead at his feet, and he had to also raise me up. Amen. So by the touching of the Lord, you receive strength. And then he said, fear now, I am the first and the last. Why is the Lord keeps telling us not to fear? Because we fear so much. We fear for our kids. We fear for our family. We fear for, for our job. We fear for our marriage. We fear for, <laughs> for our car. I feel my car may break down. We fear for our food. Well, I'm cooking. It may burn. We fear for everything. We fear for our health. What else we fear for? Come on, someone help me. We fear for so much. Don't you fear if your kids are serving the Lord? But the Lord says, fear not. So what is he saying when he tells us you and I fear not, Brother Ben? 
that he will strengthen you. If you if you fear something, uh, you're not really <clears throat> fear is like a negative power. Yes, it's a you don't feel uh, you're not under fear. Yes, so you know you need strength from the Lord, which He gives you when you ask Him in prayer. Now, the Lord, the Bible says that his wisdom, uh, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. But this fear here, it's not the same fear. There are two different fears. It's the fear that takes hold of your life, where everything you do, you do it under that fear, but you're not submitting yourself to God. The fear of the Lord will have you seek the more of the Lord and submit your whole life to the Lord under that fear. And be obedient to the Lord. Now, the fear he's talking about is the fear of the devil, the fear of darkness, where have you enslaved, you don't commit your life to the Lord, and you're always afraid to fast, afraid to pray more, pray to commit your life to the Lord, even go to the Lord's house and, and, and worship with other people. I tell people, you don't go to God's house to seek God. That, that is wrong. What do you mean it's wrong, brother? Of course you go to God's house to seek the Lord. You go to God's house to worship the Lord. David said he remembered in Psalm 42 how he used to go with the multitude to the house of the Lord to worship the Lord. You go to the house of the Lord to worship the Lord. You seek the Lord in your house, in your personal time. That's when you seek God. So you can have more of God. And when you have God, you go to the house of God to worship God because you are grateful you have him in your life. You see, you see the wrong thing, the wrong idea that pastor have put into people's life? Oh, come to the house of God to see God. No, you don't go to the house of God to see God. You see God in your house. And there's a lot of examples of people that sought the Lord in the book of Acts in their house. Uh, many of them, they sought God in their home. They went to the house of God to worship God. The Hebrew had done this since, since the dawn of time. So why have the Gentiles changed that? religion, idolatry. They make the house of God an idol. And the house of God is not an idol. We come to the house of God to worship God. That's what David said in the book of Psalms. I remember those I used to go to worship to the house of God to worship him. Thank you, Lord. That's why you go to the house of God. To, you seek God whenever you are. You repent whenever you are. Whether your job, your home, some people cannot go to the house of God. If that means that they're not Christian, they're backsliding, no. There are people with more presence of God in their home, in their life, than people that go to the house of God every day. Why is that? Can someone explain that? I think you draw more of a personal relationship with the Lord, you know, being at, at uh, you know, a certain, like your prayer closet, for instance. That you can be more intimate. You can have, you can speak to him in in an intimate way that you know you won't have no disturbance. That you know, it it makes you kind of like being really close to him. Amen. When, when it says you know you that you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh onto you. Yes. And when he, you know, you abide in him, 
he'll abide in you. So it brings that relationship, and you can really feel it. Now, a lot of people say that if you're not going to church, you're sinning. That's wrong. The Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. He doesn't say, do not forsake to go to church. The gathering of the brethren is for two or three gathering in my name. There I will be, said the Lord. <laughs> so when we gather here, the Lord is here. When we gather on the internet on the Lord's Tower, the Lord is on the Lord's Tower. That's the gathering of the saints. But the churches have mistwisted that. And that is wrong. That is false. You're misleading people because then people think if they don't go to the house of the Lord, they're sinning. That's wrong. Do not forsake the gathering of the saints. It's with two or three gathered together in my name, there I will be. We're gathered here in the name of the Lord. The Lord is here. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You see why it's good to study the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord? Because there's wisdom in it. There's knowledge, wisdom, understanding. And it will help us understand so you don't feel uh, guilt. You're, you're, not, you're not living or walking under the fear of the enemy. Fear now, said the Lord. Don't let anyone bring you the fear of the enemy in your life. We are under the fear of God. When you're under the fear of God, you don't let any other fear come to you. The fear of men, the fear of the enemy, because those fears are out there, hunting people down every day. Walk under the fear of God, who will lead you to heaven. The fear of the devil will lead you to hell. Thank you, Lord. I'm in verse 1 now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Verse 18. I am alive, the Lord is saying. I am alive, but I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the key of hell and dead. Why he had the key? Because he defeated them. That's why he defeated dead. He defeated life. He is life. He defeated everything. Thank you, Lord. So he overcame everything. Dead, which means the throne of, of the devil. He has the key. Hallelujah. Of Haiti. Even with the throne of Satan, Jesus has the key. He is the one in control. Amen. I have the key of the hell and death. Hell cannot do anything to us, neither death. Because the Lord has the key. In other words, he's the only one that can open and close hell. No demon can come out of hell without the Lord opening. Thank you, Lord, for that. Verse 19, brother. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. See, this book is about the past, the present, past, and future. That's what this book is about. Pe present, past, and future. Amen. So speak to us in our present, past, and future. Thank you, Lord. Verse 20. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks is this. The seven stars of the angel of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which are the, the sawest are the seven churches. See, the candlesticks of the churches, the seven stars of the angel. Again, angels are called stars in the book of Revelation. Amen? Amen. So Abraham had angel born through him. Amen, like the star of the heaven. Thank you, Lord, for this Bible study. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord Jesus make his face shine upon you. May the Lord give you his shalom. Shalom. The leading ship of his son, hallelujah. The sons of Yahweh, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. What a wonderful privilege God has given us, hallelujah. 
to serve his son, to walk under his leadership, hallelujah. And we got to be grateful, we got to be thankful, hallelujah, for this great privilege, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, that God has given us to serve him, hallelujah, and to seek his presence, just to be in his presence. It's just a privilege that God has given us, hallelujah. And we got to be thankful, hallelujah, for just for that, hallelujah, for being in, in the presence of God, hallelujah. Well, um, you know what is going on now around the media, hallelujah, and uh, a lot of information is leaking out, hallelujah, and how the governments around the world are, are controlling uh, uh, people's private life, hallelujah, and uh, hallelujah, people, are, uh, the government is going into people's private information, hallelujah, and they are shaking everybody out, hallelujah, they are supervising Hallelujah, what we're doing, hallelujah, and soon, hallelujah, um, it, it's all going to be out much, much more than what, what has been out uh, so far, hallelujah. We're going to hear more about it because now um, on the 20th of this month, uh, uh, they're trying to pass a bill, hallelujah, here in the United States where um, they want to supervise uh, the people online much closer. It's not that they're not already doing it. Hallelujah, but um, they apparently want to do it in front of other people now. But secretly they've been doing that, hallelujah, and we know that all these government have been online for a while now, hallelujah, just supervising people, hallelujah, getting into people's private life, hallelujah, which is not, is not constitutional what they're doing, hallelujah. It's against the constitution of this uh, great nation, but uh, they don't care practically. That's how it is, hallelujah. And they want to do what they want to do, hallelujah. And we, hallelujah, all we got to do, hallelujah, just pray to God, hallelujah, that we're out of here soon. Because we know that this is the work of Satan. And um, Paul said that the mystery or the min uh, ministry of the Antichrist is already an action. It's already a work, says Paul. And we know all this is happening biblically, hallelujah. And I know a lot of people are surprised from what they hear, hallelujah that it's happening, hallelujah. But when we open the Bible, hallelujah, it's there, clearly it's there, that all these things are going on secretly, secretly behind the door, exactly how the enemy likes to work in secrecy, where nobody is seeing him doing what he's doing. But I know that there's a day coming, and God has shown this to me, which is called the tribulation, a seven-year period, where God wants people to know what Satan's been doing for thousands of years behind the door, how he's been deceiving people, how he's been making people to believe that the earth has 7 billion people when it's not so. Hallelujah. And, and God is going to reveal that in the tribulation. And the Lord has shown that to me many times. Hallelujah. That, that what we think are people is like, it's like uh, 10 to 1. Hallelujah. Nine being human and one being, I mean, uh, one being human and the rest being the sons and daughters of Satan, of his own doing, of his own making. Hallelujah. But now uh, it's very hard for people to discern who is human and who's not. Hallelujah. But that is, is what is going to happen in the tribulation. And the Lord has shown me clearly that that's what the Father is going to do. Hallelujah. He's going to let people continue to serve their father, the devil. He's going to let them go into the tribulation, listening to Satan, because that's what people want. They want their father, the devil. The father says, he's going to give it to them. 
He's going to let them have it. Hallelujah. So when they go into the tribulation, hallelujah, God is going to manifest all Satan, Satan lies. Hallelujah. All are going to be revealed by God. Hallelujah. And and what it seems to be now, so, so uh, we see them as human now, the veil is coming down in the tribulation. The veil that is in the eyes of each human being, our boss, that we cannot see them for whom they are, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to bring that veil down as soon as we enter the tribulation, and people are going to see these neighbors who they think are so, so such a wonderful neighbor who, who are only trying to kill, steal, or destroy them, hallelujah, who's been giving them heart attack and stroking all kinds of things in the spirit, trying to kill them, but by the mercy of Jesus Christ, we're still alive, hallelujah. Which is, that's what happens to me with one of my friends, who I thought it was a, a, a great friend of mine for many years, hallelujah. Um, he, hallelujah, the Lord, the Lord revealed to me and showed me, for me to see, hallelujah, in different ways in the spirit, that he was a principality from Satan, one of Satan's greater principality, hallelujah. And I only, did not only saw him in, in, the, in the spirit for whom he is, the Lord also took me to the, to the heavenly places, the Bible call it, where these demons and principality rule, and show me him out there, and I couldn't believe my eye how this, what it looks like a man, is a principality of Satan. Hallelujah. We know that, that Moses talks about the, 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 the Nestalian in Genesis chapter 6. He said before and afterward. So Moses, when Moses wrote about them, hallelujah, we know that, that uh, Abraham had, had already gone to heaven or, or had gone to be with the Lord, to Abraham bosom in, in um, um, north and all of them, hallelujah, had already passed when, when Moses talked about all these. So when Moses was talking about them in his present time, uh, this Nestalim were already having daughters and sons, were f- filling the earth with the sons and daughters. So, it, 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 you know, it was a struggle for the Jewish people, for the true, um, praise God, hallelujah, DNA to pursue forward with all these demons. But it did because the purpose of God is that it would, hallelujah, go on. It really would go on. He would have preserved that DNA, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And believe it or not, you and I who are saved are part of a DNA in us, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And it's a very deep and, 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 and difficult topics to go on, hallelujah, but it's in the Word of God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And, and, and even the Jewish people till this time, they follow uh, the generational line by last name. Hallelujah. By by whom and from Israel uh, you were born off? Who was your your parents, your mother or your father or your grandparents? And they follow last name to continue to keep up with the DNA. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And some of us have the true DNA from the Jewish people, which, which were obedient. Our, our grand-grandparents were obedient to God. Hallelujah. And we come through the same DNA type that Jesus was born through. Hallelujah. And it do, all this goes down to the line to where we are now. But that other DNA of the enemy, hallelujah, to which he wanted to have sons and daughters on here, um, he, he was able to do it. He was able to mix with the sons and daughters of men, uh, these that were son of God, that are fallen angel, 
were able to have sex with uh, with the daughters of men, with the true DNA of daughters of men, and complicated thing. And the Lord Jesus Christ, when I ask him about this, says, my son, this is very complicated. This is a very complicated topic in the Bible. And we can go back and forward talking about this, and we're not going to end up anywhere. Because the fact of the matter is that we are responsible for what we do. And um, when Satan tends to eat, to eat from the fruit, hallelujah, even Adam, who listened to the devil, hallelujah, were responsible for the action that they took. And it wasn't Satan's fault, then Adam and Eve fault. It wasn't his fault. It was, it was them because of the decision that they made. Because Satan only tempted Adam and Eve. He only told them that if they will eat from that fruit, they will be like, like God. And let me tell you what, what the true uh, meaning of what Satan said to Adam and Eve mean, hallelujah, which a lot of people don't understand. The true meaning of Genesis chapter 3, that when Satan, and I want to go there now in the Bible, because I want to explain this, because a lot of people uh, seem not to clearly understand what the Word of God says, hallelujah, and we want to uh, make clear tonight, and tonight we're going to the potter's house, so we understand what God says to us, and we're going to go into the, the, the salvation, how important is our salvation, hallelujah, and that we don't take it for granted like many people do, hallelujah. Now, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 says that the serpent, hallelujah, the serpent was more clever than any other animal that the Lord God had made, hallelujah, and the serpent says to the woman, did God really say Look at him questioning God now. You must not eat from the fruit of the tree that is in the garden. And a lot of people say that Satan didn't know which tree of the garden God told him and him not to eat. But Satan clearly there points it out, hallelujah, that it was in the garden, the, the fruit that was in the garden, hallelujah. Verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, we can eat from the fruit of the tree of the garden, but God, hallelujah, they say, you must not eat from the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden. Do not even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now, listen to what Satan, hallelujah, says to Eve now. Hallelujah. You can be sure that you won't die. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And when he points out you, hallelujah, he's pointing out pride. Because until the moment Adam and Eve were created, Hallelujah. And to the moment to that point, Adam and Eve were not thinking of themselves, but they were thinking of God, other. Hallelujah. So when Satan pointed out you, hallelujah, he was implying pride into them. Think about you, what you want, what you want to do. Hallelujah. What you want to be. Hallelujah. Sounds familiar to what this generation is heading to now? What I want, what I want to do, me, 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 hallelujah, praise God. So that's what Satan was pointing to here. He was pointing at Eve first to her, hallelujah, pride. Because when we just think about ourselves, what I want, hallelujah, that's pride, hallelujah. Because Jesus said, not my will. 
but thy will be done. Humility. That is humility. Humility being the highest level, hallelujah, and pride being the lowest uh, level in the spirit. And I'm talking in the spirit now, hallelujah. Humility being the highest level and pride being the lowest level. So it's for you and I to choose where do we want to be. Do we want to go to the highest level in the spirit where Jesus says humility, true humility, or we want to sink lower where Satan is, pride. Hallelujah. So right there, what Satan did to Eve, hallelujah, was he introduced pride to her. Hallelujah. He introduced pride to her life. She did not have pride, but Satan here introduced her to her. He is pride. Have some of it. Hallelujah. So you can be sure that you won't die. Me, 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 me. The serpent said to the woman, God knows that when you eat of the fruit of the tree, and remember also that Satan, Jesus said, is the father of all lies. Hallelujah. So every word that is quoted here is only quoted for our information. But we got to study the word. Hallelujah. We're open understanding from God so we can meditate on and we can receive the message that God is conveying into our life, into our spiritual life. Hallelujah. So we got to understand, hallelujah, what the word of God is saying here, what is teaching us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So God knows that when you eat of the fruit of the tree, you will know things you have never known before. What a lie. What a deceive. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a deceive. What a lie from the Father of all lies. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we got to pay attention to the lie of the enemy. Hallelujah. We don't want to ignore them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then uh, Satan continues here. You, you will be able to tell the difference between good and evil. You will be like God. Pride, my brothers and sisters. Pride is the root of all evil. Pride is the forbidden fruit that God don't want you and I to eat from, to have in us. Hallelujah. Pride is the lowest level in the spirit. Hallelujah. I don't know if, if, if in your experience with God, God has taken you to hell. God has revealed hell to you. But if some of you that are listening to me who God has taken to hell, you know that when God takes you to hell, one of the rules that you see, the, the rules by itself, that it's a king in hell, it's pride. All the demons are prideful. Hallelujah. They, they think they are God in themselves. Hallelujah. And people have seen that demons fight one another because of their pride. They are so prideful. This is why, my brothers, the pride is the lowest level in the spirit. Hallelujah. If we are fallen, we are fallen to pride. That's where we are, we are fallen to. Because if we are walking in humility, like the Bible said, hallelujah, it's almost impossible for us to fall. Hallelujah. Unless we have pride. Hallelujah. If we have pride, my brothers and sisters, we got a problem. 
Hallelujah. And we need to repent pride because pride can lead to the pain of hell. Hallelujah. Like it had led many. Because when you're in pride, even repenting, hallelujah, seem unreachable. Even repenting, hallelujah, even repenting when you have pride seems lowered because you have pride. Hallelujah. And, 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 and when, you, when you tell someone who has pride to repent, the first, thing, the first thing that comes to mind is, why should I bow low? Why should I bow myself low? That is pride reigning. That is pride being a king in that person's life. Hallelujah. And this is why you, you go out and you preach to some people. You tell them about Jesus. Hallelujah. And they don't want to hear it. Because pride, hallelujah, is reigning in their life. Hallelujah. And even a lot of people that sound humble when they speak, hallelujah, when you start telling them about Jesus, they said, mm, me, I, what I, what I believe, what I think, they say, oh, pride, 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 pride. Hallelujah. And this is very dangerous, my brothers and sisters, when we, hallelujah, don't repent, when we don't understand that how evil pride is, that it's come from the very heart of Satan. It comes from the very pit of hell. Hallelujah. And we don't want to have any pride in us. We need to repent pride, hallelujah, daily. That's how bad pride is, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Now, I want to go to Jeremiah 18. And like I said before, hallelujah, we want to talk about the potter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, which is God. Hallelujah. And the clay that are you and I. Hallelujah. So imagine how much we need to bow down because that we are clay. Hallelujah. We are we are that that everybody stepped on. Hallelujah. But not for everybody to step on. Hallelujah. It's up for us to work with everybody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 18 says, hallelujah. Says the prophet Jeremiah, who is in heaven now. Hallelujah. And I seen him in heaven. Hallelujah. A message came to me from the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, go down to the potter's house, and I will give you a message there. Hallelujah. So Jeremiah said, so I went down to the potter's house, and I, and I saw him working on his wheel. His hand was shaping a pot out of the clay. But he saw that something was wrong with it, so he formed it into another pot. He shaped it in the way that seemed best to him. Hallelujah. Again, we are the clay. The potter is our Lord, our God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So I looked it up. I looked up uh, verse 4 of, of Jeremiah 18.4 in, di- in different Bible versions. And here's what another version, because this is going to help us out to understand the Word of God. And a lot, a lot, this is why I like to bring different Bibles, hallelujah, different translation of the Bible, because it help us. Because we are from diff, we come from different language, and sometimes it's hard for us to understand the old uh, version of the Bible, the old language, hallelujah, from the '60s. So I like to bring newer version also, so I can read it to the people, and which helps people a lot. Now, verse four in another Bible says he was making a pot from the clay. But there was something wrong with our pot. Hallelujah. 
Did that make sense to us? Hallelujah. Something was wrong with our pot. Hallelujah. So something was wrong with our pot. So the potter used the clay to make another pot. Hallelujah. With his hand, he shaped the pot the way he wanted it to be. Another Bible translation. Hallelujah. Verse 4. And the vessel that he was making from the clay was spoiled, was spoiled in the hands of the potter. It's like it makes it sound like it broke or like, like the other one said it was damaged. The vessel, the, 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 the hallelujah, the pot that the, the, the potter was making was damaged, was bad. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Another Bible translation says, and whenever the clay will not take the shape he wanted it, he will change his mind and form it into some other shape. Hallelujah. Remember that the clay are you and I. Hallelujah. So the part of here says that, that whenever the clay will not take the shape he wanted, he, he will change his mind and form it into another shape. Another Bible version says, whenever the pot, the potter was making and turned out badly, as sometimes happens when you are working with clay, the potter will simply start over and use the same clay to make another pot. Another translation says, but the yarn he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over again. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. This is why, my brothers and sisters, I want to read this. I want to read it for the different Bible translation so we get the message tonight or today, whatever hour we're in. Hallelujah. That God is forming you. And he's forming you, hallelujah, according to his will according to what he already have in his mind, according to what he has hoped, whatever he's hoping for you and I to be. Hallelujah. God is making you and I. Hallelujah. But we have a problem. We have a problem. The clay has a problem. It's spoiled. It's damaged. It needs repair. Hallelujah. And more than that, it needs to be started over again. Hallelujah. It needs to be reformed. It needs to be made new. Hallelujah. It needs to change. Hallelujah. It needs to be revived again. And it needs to be transformed into another shape. Hallelujah. And that is you and I. Hallelujah. And we now might not be what God wants us to be. Hallelujah. But we, hallelujah, have to let the power, let the Lord and the Holy Spirit work in you and I and let him reform us, change us, hallelujah, to what he has in his mind. You and I don't know what God has in his mind. What is he's hoping you and I to be? But there is a great example of what God wants you and I to be in the Bible. And Jesus Christ is that example. He is the model 
that God wants you and I to be. Hallelujah. And I, I skipped something. I skipped something here, which I don't want to skip. Hallelujah. I'm sorry for my brothers and sisters in Spanish, because I also uh, brought you Bible translation in Spanish also. And I thought, and I said, I'm going to read this in Spanish too, because I realize there are a lot of Spanish people that listen to this program, and I don't want them to, to miss what the Lord wants to say to them. Hallelujah. And you may ask, Brother Elby, how, how, how did you went to this message? Did you went to the Bible and look it up? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And let me tell you what happens to me. Hallelujah. Um, I was talking to the Lord, first to the Holy Spirit, uh, yesterday morning. Hallelujah. And the Lord came to me. The Lord Jesus came to me. Hallelujah. And the Lord opened the Bible to me, hallelujah, to, to hear, hallelujah, to the power, hallelujah. And the Lord touched me, hallelujah, and released into my spirit a complete revelation, hallelujah, of what he wants us to be, what he wants us, hallelujah, what is God wants us to do with us. Where is God taking us to? Where, what is God doing in our life now? Hallelujah. And when the Lord touched me and released that information into me yesterday, I was blown away. Jesus always blows me away. Hallelujah. Always. He always shocked me with his revelation because he is so good. He is so wonderful. And he loves us so much. We have no idea, really, how much Jesus loves us. We don't. We don't. He works day and night for his people. He works day and night for his bride, preparing his bride to meet him. And the Holy Spirit works without ceasing with the church, with God's people, because God has commanded it's Holy Spirit to prepare a bride for his son who is soon to be taken out of here. So as soon is going to meet with the bridegroom. And the Holy Spirit has a command. The Holy Spirit has a command from God. The Holy Spirit has a job from God to prepare you and I to meet with the Lord in the air. Very, very Soon. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, for his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And you and I need to understand that there is a work going on in our life right now. A work of the Spirit who is preparing you and I to meet with our Savior, our Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah. And Jesus required that his bride be spotless, be, be ready, has no stain on her dress, hallelujah. Be rapture ready. That is the requirement of a Lord bridegroom, Rabbi Jesus Christ, Yeshua or Jehoshua. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
There is a requirement that you and I are to meet, are to be ready to meet Jesus. Hallelujah. As a bride, prepare, ready for him. She has made herself ready, the Bible says. Hallelujah. That is you and I. Hallelujah. Being prepared, being ready for Jesus to meet our bridegroom, our wonderful beauty, beautiful Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The wonderful Son of God, hallelujah, who loves us so much that was willing, more than willing, to die for you and I. Hallelujah. Now he wants to meet his bride. Hallelujah. Now he wants to take his bride home because heaven is our home. Hallelujah. We are alien down here. This is why the enemy is allowed to do what he does, to have sons and daughters, to have his ministry allies down here, whom he has taken all the governments and the world under his umbrella, under his shadow, under his wickedness, under his evil, hallelujah, trying to kill, trying to deceive those that are going home with the bridegroom soon. The devil's working nonstop, day and night, to deceive those that are going home with the Lord. He is sending his sons and daughters out there, hallelujah, with an evil plan to deceive the bride of Jesus, to deceive, hallelujah, her that may have made herself ready to meet the bridegroom in the air. Her who work with the Holy Spirit, who listen careful to her leader, hallelujah, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the counselor, hallelujah, it's leading us. And the enemy, Satan, hallelujah, that fallen serpent is trying to deceive us, hallelujah, with all his lies. What Jesus said, he is the father of all lies. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we need to be very careful. We need to open our eyes. Hallelujah. And we got to understand that we are clean in the hands of the Lord who is preparing us, who is getting us ready to go home soon, to be raptured. Hallelujah. In the requirement that Jesus has, the Holy Spirit that understands the will of God, the Bible said it's working as well in you and I. It's cleansing us. It's preparing us. Hallelujah. It's reminding us that we as a bride need to be ready, need to be unrepenting, need to be seeking the Lord, need to be focused on Jesus and nobody else. Need to be trusting the Lord and no man down here. Hallelujah. Because unless a man or a woman has the Holy Spirit and is led by the Holy Spirit and is speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you cannot listen to that person or you may be deceived. You may be led the wrong way. Hallelujah. And this is what's happening right now. 
This is why so many people write to me. I'm confused. Hallelujah. I don't know which way is up in another word. Hallelujah. I don't know if there's a rapture or not. Praise God. Because the devil's working day and night has confused them, has deceived them. Hallelujah. With different words, twisting what the word of God says. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And with so much evil down here, we need to be in the word. We need to be reading the word. We need to be meditating on the word. We need to be studying the word. So we know what the word of God says. Hallelujah. And we are not deceived. Let no one deceive you, says Jesus. Hallelujah. And there's not only one deceiving. There are many. Hallelujah. Because many, he says, will come in my name, Matthew 24. Hallelujah. Many will come in my name. So how do they come to you? They say, I'm a Christian. I'm a born-again believer. I say, Jesus, they say. Hallelujah. They come in his name. They don't come in the devil's name. They come in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And this is where people get confused. This is where the sermon from God, from the Holy Spirit, needs to be implied. Needs to be applied. Needs to be in us. Hallelujah. Working the gifts of the Spirit, which one of us is it's the sermon. Hallelujah. If you don't have this sermon, you got to ask for it. And Jesus said, it will be given to you. Hallelujah. If you, being evil, knows how to give a good gift, how much more my Father that is in heaven will give you the Holy Spirit, whosoever asks. So we have a problem, and the problem we have is that we don't ask God. We don't ask Jesus. We say we do, but we don't. Hallelujah. Because if we do ask in faith, Jesus said, if two or three gather together in my name, whatever they ask, it will be given to them. Hallelujah. If you're having problem asking by yourself, maybe you need to ask someone close to you and say, listen, uh, my sister, my brother, who you trust, who you know is serving God. Hallelujah. I got something to ask God. Would you pray with me? Hallelujah. In agreement that God will answer this to me, and God will do it. Hallelujah. But that is if, if you're having problems with faith. But if you do, you may want to repent your unbelief and your doubt every day, as much as you can a day. Repent down and believe in pride. Hallelujah. Because pride tells you that faith is not necessary. And, 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 and unbelief tells you that it's not going to happen. And doubt tells you that it may happen. But God says it will happen in faith. It will happen in faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So my brothers and sisters, we have the problem, not God. God is perfect. And with God, everything is possible, Jesus said. So why is the brother Elby that when we ask sometimes, we don't receive? Because sometimes we ask without with faith. Hallelujah. Sometimes we ask and it's not in faith. Hallelujah. So we have much more to grow. Hallelujah. We have much, much more to grow. Hallelujah. 
Praise Jesus. And I said I would read this in Spanish to the people, what I just read to the people about the parties. Hallelujah. And I, I got to read this because I know there's a lot of Spanish people listening, and I'm going to be uh, real quick with this. Hallelujah. This is uh, uh, Jeremiah 18. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And it says here, El Señor se dirigió a mí, talking about Jeremiah, y me dijo, Baja a la casa del alfarero, y allí te comunicaré un mensaje. Yo... Jeremías bajé y encontré al alfarero trabajando en el barro, en el torno. Cuando el objeto que estaba haciendo le salía mal, volvía a hacer otro con el mismo barro hasta que quedaba con, como él quería. This is another Bible now, otra, otra Biblia, aleluya. Aleluya. La vasija de barro que él hacía se echó a perder en sus manos y volvió y la hizo otra vasija según le pareció mejor hacerla. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So I hope I hope some of the people understand in Spanish what I just read. Hallelujah. I know that some of the people in English did not understand. Hallelujah. But I have to read that to the people so they understand what we're talking about tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So verse 5, the Lord said, Then the Lord's message came to me, says Jeremiah. He said, People of Israel, I can do with, with you just as the party does. Announce, announce the Lord. The clay is the part of hand. Hallelujah. It's in the part of hand. And you are in my hand, people of Israel. Suppose at any time I announce that the nation or kingdom is going to be pulled out by the root. I tell it that it will be turned down and destroyed. But suppose the nation I want turn away from its sins. Then I will not do what I said, and I, I would, and I will not bring trouble on it as I have planned. Hallelujah. Suppose another time I announce that the national kingdom is going to be built up and planted, but it does what is evil in my sight. Hallelujah. It does not, excuse me, it does not obey me. Then I will think again about the good thing I have wanted to do for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, so speak to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Tell them, the Lord says, look, I am making plans against you. I am going to bring trouble on you. So each one of you must turn from your evil ways, change the way you live, and act. This is what the Bible calls repenting. Repenting is turning away from your present sin, from what you're doing. Hallelujah. For whatever sin we're doing, we got to turn away from it. Hallelujah. Because it's very, very easy to fall in sin. It's very, very easy to do what is evil. But God is calling you and I, hallelujah, into a new life. Hallelujah. Into a new living with Jesus, a new walking life with Jesus. Hallelujah. And we need to understand that. Hallelujah. We need to understand what salvation is. That we have been given a new life with Christ, with Jesus, hallelujah. And that we must walk, we must make every effort to walk in obedience. As much as we can, we got to do what we can. And we got to ask the Lord, hallelujah, to help us, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, to do his will. Hallelujah. That's what we got to do. We got to ask the Lord to help us. Jesus is very clear in his word that without me, nothing you can do. One of the problems we have 
is that we try to do things with our own strength. The Bible says, not by mind, not by spirit, but not by mind, no, not by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So what do we try to do? We, we try to think, hallelujah, and what to do right, and what a mistake that is. We, got, we, we, we try to do it with our own strength, with our own strength. What a mistake that is, hallelujah. Because the wisdom of God, hallelujah, hallelujah, the wisdom of God is what is going to help us, hallelujah. And in order for us to have that wisdom, we need to fear God, hallelujah. So in the beginning, our wisdom is the fear of the Lord, the Bible said. So what do we need to do? We need to fear God. Hallelujah. We need to get down from the horse of pride, from the black horse of pride. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And bow down to Jesus. Recognize that we need the Lord every day. That without him, it is impossible, hallelujah, to do God's will. Like it's without faith. It is impossible to please God. But faith is Jesus Christ. That's what faith is. It's Jesus. He's the author of our faith. Hallelujah. He is the one working his world in us. Hallelujah. Without Jesus, you don't have faith. You need Jesus to have faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and turning to Jesus is turning to faith. It's turning to him for help us. Hallelujah. He'll give us his strength. He'll help us to believe. If we're lacking faith, all we got to do is ask Jesus, and he'll help us. He's there. He wants to do it. The problem is that we don't go to Jesus. We tend to go to man. We say, let me see if this pastor or that, or that man of God, that woman of God can help me. That's the first thing we think when we have a problem, a spiritual problem. Hallelujah. Well, I got this problem. Let me wait until Sunday until I go to church and ask my pastor, and he say. Hallelujah. When they can go and close the door, behind closed doors, go in prayer with Jesus and ask the Lord, Lord, I have this problem. I need your help. Help me, Lord. Please help me. Hallelujah. Praise God. And when you can do this, hallelujah, your whole life changes because then you're working in a personal relationship with Jesus, and that's what we need. We need a personal relationship. This is why there's so much trouble on the earth, because the gospel has been preached, but it's not has been preached according to the word of God. Because when women, when women, um, uh, men and women who preach the gospel don't work in personal relationship with Jesus, that is not the gospel of Jesus. Hallelujah. That is not the gospel that God wants to be preached out there. Hallelujah. When there's not a relationship being preached. When, when when your pastor, your leader is not telling you to seek Jesus, to have a personal relationship with Jesus, to seek the word of God for your life, to seek that God will lead you through his Holy Spirit, then you're missing the mark. You're missing the message. You are missing the true gospel. You might heard the gospel, but not the true gospel. And this is very dangerous in the time we're in. Because if you haven't learned to discern your Lord, if you haven't learned to discern the Holy Spirit, the devil can confuse you very easy. The devil can mislead you very easy. You can fall into the sea of Satan. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you read John 8, 
You, you, you started it careful, John 8, the entire chapter, when Jesus saw the Pharisees and scribes that they were at the father of the devil. Hallelujah. And if you study the reason why Jesus said this to them, hallelujah, you will find out that they thought because of all the teaching they had, they were right. They were walking right with God. They were pleasing God. Hallelujah. And Jesus told them practically that they were not, they were not pleasing God. They were pleasing Satan. Hallelujah. And sorry to say, but there are many like that today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Who think they are fine with God. And they are not pleasing God. Hallelujah. And I say this because the Lord showed this to me. Not because I'm making this up. Because the Lord showed this to me. Hallelujah. For more than a year now. Hallelujah. The many things they're fine. They're walking with God, but they do not know the Lord. And that is very sad to say this. Hallelujah. The enemy has deceived them. They don't think about personal relationship with Jesus. They tell people that just going to church on Sunday, hallelujah, repenting your sin is fine. They go back on Monday to the club to get in drink, to party again. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And that is sad because that, those type of believers, which the earth is full of them, don't know God, don't know him. And they think they do. They have a Bible on their hand. Hallelujah. They do. They walk with a Bible. They give to the poor. A lot of them. Hallelujah. And Jesus don't know them. Don't know them at all. And it's sad to say it. Hallelujah. In the personal relationship with God, they don't know Jesus. And like it happens to a friend of mine, Jesus came and spoke to him, and he was rebuking Jesus. He thought it was the devil. Because he never had a personal relationship with Jesus. And the Lord led me to speak to him, gave me word to him. And I said, look, Raphael, this is how God wants us to serve him. Hallelujah. And how do you know that, Brother Albert? Because the Lord drilled that into my head. He drilled that into my mind, into my heart. Hallelujah. I had a tough life, but it was the mercy of Jesus who came to me when I was 12. Hallelujah. Who said, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. Hallelujah. I am the God of Jacob. Hallelujah. I am your maker. Serve me. Hallelujah. And you see what I will do with you. Hallelujah. I will do mighty things through you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Twelve years old, God spoke to me this way. Hallelujah. Praise God. Personal relationship. He, he, he started it. Hallelujah. He started it. Because usually God starts everything. Right? When you're thinking that, that, that you're seeking God... God has been seeking you long ago, my brothers and sisters. He's been the one seeking you. He's been the one after you. Hallelujah. He's like the fi the fisherman. Hallelujah. He's been trying to fish you. He's been trying to put the hook on you. Hallelujah. He's been trying to put the hook on your heart. Hallelujah. 
Praise God, hallelujah. So God's been after you long ago. Before you were made on your mother's womb, God's been after you, my daughter, my sons, hallelujah, my brothers and sisters. He's been chasing you to have a personal relationship with you. He is the one who wants it badly. God wants you. I said badly, but I should not say the word badly. But he truly wants you. He truly wants to have a personal relationship with you more than what you wanted. He's been trying to get to your head and to my head that he wants it. He wants you and I. He wants you and I to work in personal relationship with you, with him. But we've been the one struggling with. We've been the ones wandering around. We've been the one listening to different voices. We've, we've been the one trying to see God through different ways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been the one going to, the, to different lovers, like the Bible said. But Jesus, who loves us so much, has been there constantly seeking you and I out, trying to have our heart, trying to have us focused on him, trying to have us walking with him. Trying to be in a relationship with us. Hallelujah. But in our own struggle and weakness. Hallelujah. Somehow, I don't know how, we have listened to the Lord. Somehow, I, I don't know how. I don't know how he brought us to him. Hallelujah, to this point. But because there's nothing impossible with God. Hallelujah. Nothing is impossible to God. He has made it possible, hallelujah, to have, to brought us to this point. When we've been going off, we've been, going, we've been focusing on other things. The Lord has been working day and night in our life, trying to communicate with us, to tell us, listen, I, I, I want to be in a personal relationship with you. Listen to me, hallelujah. And we struggle so much, my brothers and sisters. This is the problem with men. We we struggle. The Lord is so merciful. He, he he's been after us. He's been doing so much for us. Hallelujah. And and a lot of times we don't even see what the Lord is doing. And all we do is complain. Always do is say, "Where's God? Why I don't see this of God and that?" And we are demanding God when we're not giving nothing back to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're just sitting down demanding. Why is God not doing this in my life? Why is God not doing this with my husband or my wife or my sons or my kids or my finances? And we sit there and we demand that God do this and God do that. Hallelujah. And what are we giving God? Are we giving him praises? Are we, are we worshiping God? Are we honoring God with our life? And we're giving ourselves so much to the Lord that we are pleasing to Him. Hallelujah. That is the first love that God wants you and I to be in, where we are giving ourselves to Him, where we are saying, Lord, here I am. I come to worship you. I come, Lord, hallelujah, to thank you today and just that. Just done. Please don't give me nothing else, hallelujah, than your presence, Lord. 
I don't want nothing else today. I just want to thank you today for everything you're doing in my life, Lord. And I want to worship you. And you, you, and you raise your hand and you just start worshiping the Lord with your hand on your knees. Hallelujah. And you start thanking him. And you start giving yourself to the Lord. Just giving yourself to him. Hallelujah. Letting him have your love. And you say to Jesus as you worship and Lord Jesus, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I don't want nothing more than you. I just want you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I just want you and nothing else, Lord. Lord, if you don't give me nothing else, that's fine. But I just want you, Lord. Here you are, Lord, as I am, Lord. Take all that I have, Lord. I don't have much to give you, Lord. But I give you my heart. I give you my life, Lord. Please take it, Jesus. Please take my life. Please take my worship, Lord. That's all I can give you, Lord, my worship, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Take what I have, Lord. Hallelujah. It's all yours, Jesus. Do whatever you want, Lord. Hallelujah. If you don't give me nothing else, that's fine, Lord. I just want you. I just want your presence for all eternity, Jesus. Hallelujah. And we can, when we can say that to the Lord, hallelujah. When we can give the Lord all we have, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We will understand the word of God for our life, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. So as we read, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What God wanted to do, hallelujah, with the Israelites, hallelujah, with his people, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your anointing, Jesus. You are welcome in my life and this house, Lord. Anytime you want to come, anytime you want to drop in, Jesus, you are welcome. Hallelujah, Lord. You are welcome, Lord, in this house. is my life, Lord. You are welcome, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is your radio program, Lord. This is not my radio program. This is the Lord's hour, not mine, Lord. It's yours, Jesus. It's yours, Jesus. Take it, Lord. Take it, Jesus. Hallelujah. Do what you want, Lord, with your people, Lord. They are your people, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Keep us ratchet ready, Jesus. Hallelujah. Keep us ready to go home, Jesus. Keep us ready, Lord, to meet you in the air, Lord. Please, Jesus, don't give up on us, Lord. Lord Jesus, have mercy on us, Jesus. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy. Have mercy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Have mercy on us, Lord. Keep us ratchet ready, Lord. Holy Spirit, help us, please, in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to you, Lord. Help us, Lord, hallelujah, to listen to you, Lord. Lord, you know that we don't listen, Lord. We have a problem, Lord. Like the clay in the part of hand, it was damaged, Jesus, hallelujah. We don't listen, Lord. We don't listen, Lord. Help us to listen. Teach us to listen, Lord. Help our Lord to understand your will, Lord. We don't understand it, Jesus. We don't understand your will, Lord, but help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to walk in your will, Lord, that it's not our will, Lord, 
that we're not walking in pride, Jesus, but we're walking in humility, Lord. Please, Lord Jesus, help us to walk in humility, Lord, in your humility, Lord. Lord Jesus, your way, not our way. Your will, Lord, not our will, Jesus. In your name, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you for your sweet presence, Lord, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. I love it when the Lord, hallelujah. I love it when the presence of the Lord comes over my life, hallelujah. Because I know I'm not worthy, hallelujah. I'm not worthy to untie his shoes, hallelujah. I'm not worthy, hallelujah, for anything. But he has mercy on us, hallelujah. And we can thank him for that, hallelujah. We can thank our Lord, hallelujah, our Savior, Jehoshua, hallelujah. He is so wonderful, hallelujah. He is so good and he loves us so much, hallelujah. He loves us so much and very soon we're going to meet with him face to face, hallelujah. Have you thought, what are you going to say to Jesus when you see him face to face very soon? When you're looking at his eyes, hallelujah. When he's asking your question or talking to you, what are the words that are going to come out of your mouth? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We got to thank of my brothers and sisters. We got to be grateful. We got to be grateful for what the Lord is doing in our life. Hallelujah. He's always doing something mighty. Because we don't see in the spirit most of the time. We don't understand what the Lord is doing. We don't understand that he is the one reaching out to you and I. He is the one keeping you and I focused on him. Because we're not capable of. We're not. Hallelujah. When Adam and Eve made the decision to eat from the fruit, they died. They completely died spiritual. They were only existing in the flesh, but they were dead spiritually. Hallelujah. And that's the state that you and I have been taken out of when we receive Jesus, who is the life. Jesus is the life. That's why we are alive, because he lived. We will also live. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we are alive because God, the Lord, gave us, gave us life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he has given us to us abundantly every day. Every day, if we want more of his presence, it's available for us. He wants to give it to us. He wants us to walk in his presence. Hallelujah. And you might say, how can you walk out of the presence of God? Yes, you can. When you walk in sin, you step out out of his presence. So we need to be in repentance to remain in his presence. That's why God gave us repenting. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So Jeremiah 18, 9 says, Suppose at another time I, I announce a nation or a kingdom is going to be built up, built up and planted. But if that's what is evil in my sight, is that not obey me? Then I will think again about the good things I have wanted to do for it. So speak to the people of Judah and Jerusalem and tell them that the Lord look. The Lord says, look, I am making plans against you. I am going to bring trouble on you. 
So each one of you must turn from your evil ways, change the way you live and act. Even the way we act is offending to God. If we don't act in love, if we don't act with kindness, if we don't act the way God wants us to act, it's a sin. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. We got to be careful even the way we act. The way we live, the Bible says. Hallelujah. Sometimes we live in sin. And repentance in Sometimes we live in sin and we don't repent. And God is calling you and I to repent our sin. To turn away from it. Hallelujah. Which is holiness. That is holiness. Turning away from sin. Walking without sin. Repenting your sin. Hallelujah. What a wonderful chance and opportunity God is giving us in this last day, hallelujah, to repent, to be walking in holiness and total repentance, hallelujah, with the Lord, hallelujah. And he is more willing, hallelujah, to help us. He's willing. He is willing, hallelujah. Verse 13 now. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Verse 12. But if it, but they will reply, it is not it's of no use. We will continue to do what we already planned. All of us will do what a stubborn and evil heart wants us to do. Hallelujah. Stubborn is like another word for pride. Hallelujah. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to recognize. I'm willing to, hallelujah, to humble yourself. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's a stumble heart, harking heart. Hallelujah. And people... A heart in the heart, many people in the last day don't want to hear the gospel. Don't want to hear that Jesus wants to help them. Hallelujah. Just when the trumpet is about to sound, just when the tribulation is so near, hallelujah, a lot of people have their own agenda, a lot of their own plan. Hallelujah. God has a plan for them. And it's a plan of good, a plan of salvation, a plan of Hallelujah, I repent for them. I plan a holiness for them. I plan to take them home in the rapture. I plan to help them escape. Hallelujah. God has great plan for you and I, my brother, my sister, my friend, who are listening to me everywhere. Hallelujah. I get happy because I'm getting emails from around the world now. The people that, that I'm finding out the, 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 the archive, hallelujah, on the Black Talk Radio, and they had gone back and listened to the to the teaching, hallelujah, and, and the Lord speaks to their life. Someone wrote to me just about that today, hallelujah, and, and hallelujah, and I'm just so happy with what the Lord is doing with people, hallelujah. As long as more new people are coming to the Lord, like someone was saying to me, I, I just came to the Lord through one of your programs, someone wrote to me, hallelujah. I was backsliding. And, and and I just came back to the Lord because I heard one of your messages. I thought the Lord spoke to me, and I the presence of the Lord was all over me. And, and I, I I I give my life back to the Lord, and I'm back serving the Lord, brother Elvi. What would you recommend me for me to do? He was saying an email, and when I get email like that, new people turning from sin back to God again, back to serving the Lord, I get so happy because this is what this is what we're doing here. 
We're preaching the gospel. We're bringing the gospel to God's people, to the people up there, to the lost. Hallelujah. And as long as people are being saved, hallelujah, we know we're doing the will of God. And as long as the people are turning away from sin, turning back to the Lord, we know that this work we're doing, hallelujah, is the work of God. Especially when the Lord, when they hear one of the old messages, old messages, and the Lord comes down and saves them. Because he said he felt the power of God came over him. And he just started repenting. And the Lord was all over him. He sent an email. He just started repenting his sin right there. Crying. He said he was crying. Hallelujah. And he gave his life back to the Lord. He's now seeking the Lord. He said, now I will continue to listen to your program, Brother Elby. Hallelujah. What a blessing they have been to my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And this is what it's all about. And I want to ask my brothers and sisters, please continue to pray that the Lord, help me to pray that the Lord will come in agreement with me, hallelujah, every day in your own prayer, that the Lord will continue to bring new people to him through this through this radio program, hallelujah, through this Black Talk radio, and that people will continue to come to the kingdom. This is what we want to see, hallelujah, especially now when Jesus is returning back. This person was saying to me, I hope, Brother Obi, I could go up in the rapture. Hallelujah. It's something that I, I cannot guarantee anybody. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm asking for mercy for myself. You know, but just continue to ask the Lord to help you. Continue to repent your sin. And, you know, when you repent your sin, uh, uh, tell the Lord that you repent your sin from the moment you were conceived and your, and your mother's womb until this very second. Hallelujah. Thank you, Chance. Thank you, my brother, Chance. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Continue to, 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 you know, to repent your sin to this very second so the Lord, hallelujah, would, 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 uh, will continue to cleanse you and ask the Lord to cleanse you with his blood, body, soul, and spirit. This is very important. This was taught to me by the Lord. Ask the Lord to cleanse your body, soul, and spirit with his blood and his holy fire. You know, and, and I know my brother Larry gave us a prayer, or the Lord gave us a prayer to my brother Larry, and, and we have posted on the website, hallelujah, on the Lord's hour that coming. And I also apologize for that. There are some people that, that wanted to contact me, hallelujah, wanted to go to the website, and I haven't been giving the, the address very much. I want to ask my brother Chance, hallelujah, to post the, the link to the website that has the prayer of my brother Larry, that it can help the people, hallelujah, uh, can help the people use it on their own prayer time. Because uh, some people don't know about it, new people that are coming to, the, to listen to the radio, uh, to the archive, to listen to the radio, they just don't have that information, hallelujah. And I feel sad because I feel like I'm not doing my job. I'm not doing what, what the Lord is calling me to do. When when this happens, hallelujah, when I get email from people like that, new people, new people. I'm talking about new people. So uh, let's continue to please help out these people that are coming new to listen to the program, hallelujah, who who, who a lot of them are not on the website, you know. A lot of people are not in the, in the chat room, I'm sorry, and who, who praise God, hallelujah, who who are, who are just listening to the program daily behind the scene, which is fine. 
I had told people, you know, we got hundreds of people quietly behind the scene. That's fine. That is very fine. Hallelujah. Basically, we've been having less than 100, 70, 80 behind the scene usually on the program. Hallelujah. And now that's fine. I said that's fine. It's not a problem. Hallelujah. You want to just listen to the program. You don't want to get uh, focused on the chat room. That's fine. I want to ask the people in the chat room to please help out the new people that are coming aboard. Hallelujah. Praise God. They they don't have all the information on hand right away, and we, we want to continue to work for the Lord. Hallelujah. Because time is short. People, hallelujah, are being saved. Hallelujah. And, and it's so wonderful when this is happening. This is what God wants us to do. Hallelujah. Do his will. Hallelujah. So verse 13 of Jeremiah 18 says, So the Lord said, Ask the nation a question. Say to them, Who has ever heard anything like this? The people of Israel have done a very horrible things. thing. Uh, does the snow ever disappear from the Lebanon rocky slope? Hallelujah. Does this cold water ever stop flowing from place far away? Hallelujah. But my people have forgotten me. Hallelujah. And this is what it meant to be to be in sin. This is exactly what it means to be in sin, to have forgotten God. When we, hallelujah, who have heard about Jesus, who understand what the Bible said, and when we fall in sin, that means we have forgotten God. We are saying to God, God, I, for, I have forgiven you. I have forgotten you. I forgot about you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's what we're saying, hallelujah. And, and God don't want us to forget about him. God wants us to, re, to, to be remembering him, hallelujah, to having in our mind every day, every day and all day, hallelujah. God wants us to meditate on him and on his word all day long. Every day, all day long. And, and, and the people of Israel, this is what they did. They went through very hard time, very hard trouble, hallelujah, and they forgot about God and they went into sin. And it's and it sounds familiar to what is happening now. This is what the world, the people around had done. They have forgotten about God. They have gone back into sin, hallelujah. And many that were Christian, hallelujah, that were walking with the Lord, are back into the club drinking, partying. Hallelujah. Doing what they, what they used to do before. Hallelujah. Which, when they came to the Lord, they stopped doing that for God. And all they did all, they did all, all day long was meditate on the Lord. Meditate on His Word. Meditate that they will not break His Word. They will, they will not break His commandment. Hallelujah. That's what they did. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. But the Lord is calling us back. It's calling us back to repenting. It's calling us, us back to, to think about him, to meditate on him, to keep his word, to make every effort. Hallelujah. He knows that without him we cannot do it, but that's why he has promised us his Holy Spirit, the helper, the counselor. It's available for us. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit is willing to help us. Hallelujah. And we'll be happy for him to help us. Hallelujah. It's a joy for the Holy Spirit to help us. Hallelujah. When we humble ourselves to the Lord, to the kingship of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
There's only one true king, which is the king of kings, is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you and I are being called to, to bow down to, to recognize him. Hallelujah. To away for him as a bride. Hallelujah. That's what you and I are being called to. Hallelujah. But sometimes we tend to forget. Sometimes we need a reminder. And for some reason, the Lord wanted to remind, hallelujah, to us today how important their salvation is. How important it is to walk in a relationship, in a personal relationship, where our Lord Rabbi Jesus Christ, Yeshua or Yahushua, hallelujah. It's very, very important. Very important to the Lord that we understand that he is a bridegroom. And he wants to walk in relationship with you and I. That is not just going to church on Sunday and repenting your sin. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday going back into sinning. Going back into drinking, going back into drugs, going back into fornication, to adultery, and to all, all other kinds of sin. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Going back on Sunday to call, to call the psychic. Hallelujah. That's not the word of God for you and I. To be calling the psychic. To tell you your future. Hallelujah. Because when you do this, you open yourself to be attacked to the, by the enemy. And when you give the enemy an open door, do you think Satan is going to say, I'm not going to take it? No. You give him an inch and he'll take a food. Food. Hallelujah. Don't give Satan an inch. Don't give him nothing. Because whatever you give him for him to use, he will use it against you. Hallelujah. This is why Jesus said, hallelujah, that when that, that demon comes out of that person, goes out to get seven more. And the present state of that person become worse. Hallelujah. This is why, my brothers and sisters, this salvation is so important. Because this is a spiritual battle. Hallelujah. Not so much physical. And we tend to focus on the physical. And we forget about the spiritual. And Satan is a spirit. Hallelujah. Who is seeking out to kill, steal, and destroy God's people. And he can only use what you and I give him to use. Hallelujah. How do we don't give him nothing? By staying away from sin. Hallelujah. That's how we don't give him nothing to work with. If we stay away from sin, Satan has nothing to use against us. Because when you sin, Revelation 18, Satan goes and accuses you and I before the Lord. Tells the Lord, look, such and such person 
has sinned. He is the evidence. And the Lord, see, the Lord that knows everything says, you're right, Satan. Because Satan don't lie to Jesus. He lied to you and I, but he don't lie to God. Because God knows everything, and he will know that Satan is lying, and he will rebuke him. And Satan don't want to be rebuked by the Lord. Hallelujah. He don't fear any man, but he does fear the Lord. He has tremendous fear of Jesus. Hallelujah. He feared him with trembling fear because he knows what the Lord is capable of doing. Hallelujah. He only fears you and I when we are walking in a personal relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. So Satan accuses us. Hallelujah. And then with something, when there's something there for him to accuse us, most of the time, I don't know how it is exactly, but I know it happens. And you know it happens. He attacks us. He is allowed by the Lord to attack us. Hallelujah. And he does it. A lot of people get stroke. Satan takes a stroke to try to kill them on the spot. But the Lord mercy is always there. Why is that? Because the Lord, as a high priest, as a lawyer, and to see for you and I, day and night, the Bible says. He goes to the Father, and when Satan goes out to attack you and I, Jesus is on his knee in front of the Father, saying, Father, have mercy on this person. I gave my life for that person, Father, on the cross. I suffer for that person. Look at my hand, Father. Look at my feet. Father, look what I did on the cross for that person, Father. Have mercy, Father. Have mercy, Father. Hallelujah. The Father sees Jesus. Hallelujah. Gives us a chance to repent. And when we repent to the Lord, to the Father, hallelujah, and we say, Father, I have sinned. The Father is merciful to restore us, to help us, to repair that that we have broken. Hallelujah. Because Satan is not all responsible. It's you and I, my brothers and sisters, understand this. Understand and get this in your spirit, get this in your heart. Hallelujah. Adam and Eve were responsible now Satan, hallelujah, Satan did not take the fruit and put it on their mouth. No, Adam and Eve did, hallelujah. They did. He told them what to do and they did it, hallelujah. Pride. Pride, hallelujah, the lowest level is pride, the highest is humility, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. And this is what happens in the spirit. We got an accuser who accuses the brethren day and night, who don't rest, 
seeking out to destroy, kill, steal, and destroy you and I. Just waiting for that second, for that moment, until you and I make a mistake. And he can run and accuse us. Hallelujah. Be careful, my brothers and sisters. Please listen carefully. Be very careful what you do daily. Be very careful what decision you make daily. Remember that it's all about the decision that you and I make. If we make a decision to sin, hallelujah, we will be attacked without any mercy. Always remember that God has given us repentance. Hallelujah. If you sin, you have a lawyer in front of the Father praying for you. Repent. So the mercy of God, hallelujah, will work in your life. Praise God. So when that demons, when that person goes into sin, hallelujah, when that Christians, let it be a woman or a man, goes back into sin, that demon that he has before, who had left because the Holy Spirit took away his room, his compartment, his house, whatever you want to call it, the demon goes out. And then by seven more, says Jesus, to come. And if he finds the house empty, hallelujah, when no one's there, when no Holy Spirit, with no protection, hallelujah, an empty house, clean out house, a beautiful house, could have been a mighty woman of God, a mighty man of God, but the house is empty, the spiritual life is empty, that demon goes out, brings seven more, they enter the empty house who was, who was maybe a mighty woman of God, mighty man of God. Now it's empty, <coughs> like many are now, with no Holy Spirit. What a chance are they taking now? Hallelujah. Their life has no meaning with no Holy Spirit, no counsel or nothing. They are just empty vessels. Hallelujah. And it's like for a minute, they, it's like they give themselves into Satan's will. Because they know they have sinned. They don't want to repent. And because they are not repenting their sin, <coughs> the Holy Spirit has walked away from their life. And now they're empty. And the demon enters with seven more. And the stay of the person becomes worse. Now if they used to preach the gospel, now it's going to curse the gospel. Hallelujah. It's going to come against the gospel being preached. Because the devil's going to use the house. It's going to use a person. To harm all the Christians that knew him. If it was a great woman of God or a great man of God, Satan, 
because they got fallen into sin and they did not repent. Satan is going to use that vessel now. Hallelujah. And the sad part is when someone is in a church with a lot of people and it's empty without no Holy Spirit and there's only demons inside that person's life, you know how much harm that person does to those people. Great damage. Great, great damage. Sometimes unrepairable damage because they leave people to hell practically. And it's so sad what's happening out there. Many that used to walk, they had the Holy Spirit, now are empty. Many are full of demons. Deceiving people. Telling people that this is not true, that is not true. Contradicting the gospel. Contradicting the word. And they say the word cannot be true, they say now. When they used to preach the word and they say the word is true. Now they say it is not true. Now they say the, God, the Bible has so much contradiction, they say. There's so much argument in the Bible, they say. They bring confusion into people's God, and to God's people. And many that listen to them, hallelujah, are confused. Don't know if there's a, a rapture or there's a death or there's a that. Don't know what to believe. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That, that's the people that are coming to this program. People from everywhere confused. Don't know about this. Don't know about that. Hallelujah. Ask questions. They ask me questions that to me are very clear in the word of God. They come here asking about this, about that. All confused. Don't know which way it's up. Don't know if Christ is on the throne or in hell. They don't know anything. They're confused because these people that are backsliding, that are preaching the gospel, are confusing them. Hallelujah. And even when the devil is doing all this harm, he's not always responsible. We are. Because we're not supposed to be seeking men to go to heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus says, ah, he is the truth of life. And the way that no one comes to the Father said, through him, seek Jesus. He is the way. Don't stop seeking men to lead you to God. <coughs> oh, this man is anointed. He can lead me to heaven. No. Seek Jesus. Jesus will give you his Holy Spirit who will guide you to all truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. He will seek, lead you through the Holy Spirit like the Lord told me yesterday. Listen to me. I will guide you, my son, he says to me yesterday. Hallelujah. All we need is Jesus guiding us. Hallelujah. All we need is his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. If God is with us, who can come against us? Hallelujah. But we got to stay close with him in personal relationship. We got to stay away from sin. It's not easy. But it's not impossible neither. Because with God, everything is possible. All we got to do is believe. Stop running to men. Because they're going to confuse you. Stop it. 
Hallelujah. Run to Jesus. Run to him. He will help you. Hallelujah. Jesus told me right in front of his throne in heaven where we beam surround him, where mighty angels around him. Hallelujah. He got up from his throne and started walking toward me and says, My son, tell them that if they come to me, I will help them. Go to Jesus. He will help you. Hallelujah. I go to him. I didn't go to no man. <coughs> go to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let him help you. Hallelujah. Let him lead you through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He will lead you to green pasture. Hallelujah. He will take care of you as you as his sheep. Hallelujah. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. If you feel confused, Jesus will give you his life. Go to him. Stop going to man for help. Hallelujah. Because many have found out by going to men, hallelujah, that they have gotten themselves in a lot of trouble. Hallelujah. And they said, I should have gone to the Lord. Yes, you should have. Go to Jesus. Hallelujah. He will help you. He will sustain you. He will guide you. He will show you the way. He will teach you the truth. Hallelujah. Very few people down here are teaching the truth. Hallelujah. Many people take the Bible like Jesus said in Matthew 24. Many will come in my name. They are coming in Jesus' name deceiving people. When he talked about four prophets, they will come in my name, he said. They're coming in the name of the Lord. Confusing people. Hallelujah. And people say, oh, he has, he's, oh, look at his college degree. My goodness. You went to what? You went where? Hallelujah. Especially if they have a Harvard degree. Hallelujah. If they have a Harvard degree, forget about the gospel. Forget about they knowing the Bible. They got a Harvard degree. What do they need to know the Bible for? Let them preach, they say. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, there's people coming out of harbor saying that God don't exist. Hallelujah. Imagine that. God is holding them alive. God is giving them life. God is sustaining them alive. And they say God don't exist. Hallelujah. If God did not exist, they will not exist. Because God is the sustainer. Of all, of all life. There cannot be anything without God. Because the, <clears throat> before God created anything, there was only God. God had always been. I remember asking Jesus that question. Hallelujah. <coughs> how, how old is God? <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, praise God, hallelujah. Uh, you know, I, I like to ask questions, hallelujah. And, you know, there's always an answer for the question, hallelujah. And the answer is God always been. <clears throat> when you met it, we, we, we were created, so that's why we think about, about creation. But God always been. 
God always existed. There's never been anything without God. God created everything. He created life. He created existing itself. God created everything. Hallelujah. Everything. Praise God. And the, without God, hallelujah, nothing ever been. Hallelujah. And these Harvard graduates said that, that, that God don't exist. Hallelujah. When God is sustaining them, God is keeping them alive. God is having mercy on them because they get to hear the gospel once in a while. Although they disagree with the gospel, although they don't believe in the gospel, God still gives them the privilege to hear the gospel, this mighty gospel, this beautiful gospel. Hallelujah. They get the chance to hear it. Hallelujah. Although they might end up in the tribulation, God still gives them the chance to repent. God, the door is still open for them to repent. Hallelujah. But God knows that they're not going to take that opportunity and repent. Many of them, that they're going straight into the tribulation. Hallelujah. And then straight into the lake of fire. Peter said that they are predestined for the destruction. That's what Peter says in John in his letter. They are predestined for destruction. God knew from the beginning that they would go to the lake of fire. <clears throat> hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Because denying the God, hallelujah, created everything. Saying that God don't exist when there's so much proof, hallelujah, that God created the heavens. Look at those NASA's videos and pictures from space and see the wonders that God created in the heavens, the stars, the planets. How beautiful and well designed are they? How they, each one of them, are in a special place. Hallelujah. Praise God. And they all serve a purpose. And the purpose, one of the purpose they serve is to show the wonder of our God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That our mighty God created all those things. Hallelujah. For our own entertainment too. Hallelujah. We can look at them and you know what we do? We should worship God for seeing them. For looking at his wonder. They are, they are planning millions times bigger than the earth. Hallelujah. But God, hallelujah, did not say, I'm going to put them in those planets. I'm going to put men in those planets. No, I'm going to make a small planet, and I'm going to call it earth, and I'm going to put men there, says God. Hallelujah. I'm going to give it to them. Hallelujah. Praise God. And this is exactly what God says, hallelujah, through the prophet Isaiah. I'm going to read a prophet Isaiah to you. Isaiah 45. I will give you. Treasures that are hidden away in the dark places. I will give you riches that are stored up in the secret places. Then you will know that I am the Lord, that I am the God of Israel. I am sending for you by name. Hallelujah. Cyrus, I am sending for you my name. Hallelujah. I am doing it for the good of the family of Jacob. They are my servant. I I am doing it for Israel. They are my chosen people. You do not know anything about me, says God. But I'm giving you a title of honor. 
I am the Lord, there is no other Lord. Hallelujah. I am the one, only God. Understand this, people from our word. What God says, I am the one, only God. You do not know anything about me, says God. But I will make you strong. The people will know that there is God, that there is no God by me, says God. Anyone from where the sunrise and the east to where it's set, and the west will know it, that I am the Lord. There is no other Lord. I will cause the light to shine. I also created darkness. I bring good, good time and also created a hard time. I do all those things in the Lord. Rain down God liners you having above. You having above. Let the clouds show it down. Let the earth open wide to receive it. Let the freedom springs to life. Hallelujah. Let godliness grow along with it. Hallelujah. I have created all these things. I am the Lord. How terrible will be for anyone who argue with his maker. Listen to this. Isaiah 45, 9 says, how terrible it is, or how terrible it will be for anyone who argue with his maker. This is exactly what these people are doing with the theory of creation. They are arguing. They are arguing with their maker. Hallelujah. How sad that is. Hallelujah. 45, 9 says, it is like a broken piece of pottery. Lying on the ground, does clay say to the potter, what are you making? Hallelujah. We cannot say to God, what are you doing in my life? Many people say, hallelujah, when they're going to trial and difficulty, they say to God, what are you doing, God? Hallelujah. And God said, hallelujah, does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does his pot say, you don't have any skill? How terrible it will be. For anyone who say to his father, why did you give me life? How horrible for anyone who say to his mother, why have you brought me into the world? Hallelujah. The Lord is the Holy One of Israel. He made them. He says to them, are you asking me about what will happen to my children? You are telling me what I should do with what my hands have made. I made the earth, says God. I created man. To live there, hallelujah. My own hands spread out the heavens. I put all the stars in the place, hallelujah. Listen to this. My own hands spread out the heavens. I put all the stars in their place, hallelujah. You see how God made everything in the heavens? The stars, the planet, everything. He put them in their place, hallelujah. For his glory, to show who God is. To show his glory, his wonder, his mighty hand to mankind. Hallelujah. To us, for us to recognize that the Almighty is in control. That the Almighty made everything. Hallelujah. We have so much reason to worship God. To serve God. To listen to his Son. To be guided by his Spirit. Hallelujah. There is so much, my brothers and sisters, hallelujah, in the word of God that we need to have to read, to learn, hallelujah. It's all in the word. It all comes out from the word, from his wisdom, hallelujah. But we need to repent our sin. We need to change our way. The clay cannot keep on complaining to the powder. 
We cannot keep on telling God, why have you made me, God? Because he, he made a good time, he says, and he makes the hard time. May you, you may be going through a hard time, but don't question God. Just worship God. Even if you're going through a good time, just thank God. Hallelujah. Thank Him. Worship Him. Hallelujah. Let God work as well in your life. Say to God, Lord, now my will, by, by thy will be done. Say that to the Lord. As your hard time gets harder, remember that you are not alone, that the Lord is there with you, that the Holy Spirit is preparing you to meet the bridegroom in the air very soon. Hallelujah. We are at the midnight hour. Praise God. The trumpet is going to sound very soon for us. We will be out of here. We can practically kiss everybody goodbye. Hallelujah. If you've got long-time family that you haven't seen, write to them. Hallelujah. In case you don't get to talk to them again. Hallelujah. Praise God. Tell them that you are praying for them so they may come back to Jesus. They may repent back to the Lord. They might, they might find the Lord in the tribulation. What the Apostle Peter says in Acts chapter 2, hallelujah, that after those hard days, those difficult days, when the sun don't give it light, when the, turn, when the moon will turn like blood, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved, said Peter. That is the tribulation. There is a hard seven years coming, approaching, it's near. Where the world, hallelujah, millions of people are going into the tribulation, billions. Hallelujah. Because they have listened to the father of the devil. The devil has deceived them. Hallelujah. But God has a plan in the tribulation. And he's going to show them whom Satan is in the tribulation. He's going to reveal the devil to them. They will see whom the Father is. Hallelujah. And they will see that God gave them a chance. And just as the Lord allowed me to hear the other day, the other night, when he took me out into the tribulation, and he allowed me to hear people in the tribulation saying, and I heard very clear with, with tears and pain in their heart and mind, in their eyes, I can see the tears. I could see the pain they had. I could see how they were speaking with such a horrible pain. And they were saying these words with all the pain they had on them. Hallelujah. They were saying how true those fanatic Christians who were speaking about a rapture, how true they were, how true when we didn't believe them, we didn't believe them, we made fun of them, we made fun of those Christians who were talking about a rapture, we did not believe them, and now look, they disappeared, they went to be with the Lord, and we thought it was fun, we thought they were lying, we thought that, that, that they were just a fanatic, we used to make fun of them, and how true they were. And the Lord allowed me to hear those words, and I was like, Lord, Lord, hallelujah, have mercy. It was painful to see those people suffering. 
I was a tear. I was crying in me. When the Lord took me this last time into the tribulation. Hallelujah. How people were killing one another for food. There was no food. People were stealing all they can to eat. All they could find to eat. They were stealing it. They were taking a chance to be killed. And I saw how people were being shot for an apple. Hallelujah. For an orange. They were being shot. Hallelujah. And all they could steal for a day was an apple. And they were being shot for it. And they had to leave without pain because Revelation said that they will elude them. They will run away from them. They will not find dead. They will look for dead. They will want to die. But they will elude them. They will run away from them. Hallelujah. That is the tribulation. That is the horrible tribulation that Jesus is saying, repent, repent that you may be found worthy to escape. Repent that you may escape in this rapture. Repent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord don't want me to shut up about the tribulation. He don't want me to be quiet about it. He wants me to tell people there is a horrible tribulation coming. There is a painful tribulation coming. And like he said in Matthew 24, there will be such a horrible tribulation like it never been before and like it never will be again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Humanity will never see again such a horrible time like the time of the tribulation. The time, the, the time of tra- uh, Jacob's trouble. Jacob will be in trouble. And he will be in trouble in the seven-year tribulation. Hallelujah. But God said, I will deliver Jacob from his trouble. God made Jacob a promise through the prophet that he will deliver Jacob, meaning Israel, meaning the people of Israel. And there are many people listening to me from Israel. There are people from Israel writing to me. And I say to your people, Shalom, Shalom. Yeshua is coming like a thief in the night. He is coming like a thief in the night. He is coming to take his people home. Prepare. Prepare for the Lord. Prepare for Joshua. Joshua is coming. Hallelujah. Yeshua is coming. Hallelujah. The sons of Yahweh is coming. Yeshua, hallelujah, is returning. And like a thief in the night, he'll come now. Later at the end of the seven years, he will show himself to all the nations, and every eye will see him, every eye will mourn, hallelujah, for his return, for his coming, when they see Jesus, hallelujah, like the Lord showed one of my brother, remember, the Lord showed his brother, hallelujah, the second coming of Jesus, when he came in the cloud, he says that all the people from the Middle East were looking up to the cloud, they could see Jesus, they could see mighty Jesus, Returning with all his glory. Hallelujah. And all the people say, Hosanna. Hosanna to the king. Hallelujah. Welcome, welcome. They're going to work on Yeshua. They're going to work on Joshua. Hallelujah. When they see him in the cloud. From everywhere. This brother said, every people can see him. Every eye can see him. They were mourning, crying. Saying, God, I'm sorry. Yeshua, who we crucify on the cross, is the true Messiah. 
He is the true Messiah. We crucified Yahweh, your son. I'm sorry, Yahweh. I'm sorry for crucifying Yeshua. Welcome Yeshua back to Israel. Welcome Yeshua back to the Holy Land. And everybody who on their knees praising him. And all the sons and daughters of Ishmael were crying. Hallelujah. We're repenting. It was so beautiful, so beautiful. Hallelujah. That Yeshua was coming back to the earth and his second coming. When this brother was telling me, I could feel the presence of the Lord. I could feel the reality of what this brother was saying to me. He was crying with tears coming out of his eye. Brother Alfie, I could see them saying, Hallelujah, Yeshua, Yeshua is coming. They were worshiping Yeshua. Oh, Israel was happy. But the earth was so much destroyed by nuclear weapons and tanks. Hallelujah. With only a few people, hallelujah, welcoming Yeshua back. It is so sad. Seven years, seven year, great trouble for Jacob. Hallelujah. Jacob trouble is going to be so horrible. Hallelujah. Seven years. Hallelujah. Just as, as Jacob worked work for Rachel seven years. Hallelujah. The devil made Jacob a slave for six years. Six years he worked. And, hallelujah. And Satan, Laban, was stealing from Jacob. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seven years for Leah. Seven years for Rachel. Then six years of being slain, of being lied, of being deceived. That is the tribulation. One more religion. Hallelujah. One one more leader, the Antichrist, hallelujah. What a seven horrible year, Jacob, hallelujah. What a terrible seven year, hallelujah. Praise God. But Yeshua is coming like a thief in the night now. We got to be ready, my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. I hope the Lord has speaking, spoken to your life clearly. I hope the Lord has ministered to your life tonight, today. Or whatever hour you're in, I hope that the Lord has spoken to you. Hallelujah. The Lord has helped you. Hallelujah. To be ready with Him. To be ready for His coming. Hallelujah. Shalom, shalom. Please continue to support the program. Hallelujah. The King Coda that I ordered, the company said they didn't have it. And I ended up paying a $999 more. Hallelujah, to order the, the one they say they have available, and I pay it off. Hallelujah. Praise God. Please continue to support us and help us. Hallelujah. We're supporting the poor, and the Lord promised me that other people that support this program, he will bless them. He made that promise to me. He said, my son, when they help you, I will bless them. You want to be blessed, support this program, because I know the Lord is faithful, and he will do it. Hallelujah. I'm asking him to bless those people that are supporting this program. Hallelujah. Thank you. Your support for all the people that have been supporting us. Thank you, Amy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Tommy, and all of you for supporting this program spiritually and financially. Shalom, shalom, and hope to, to see you tomorrow. In the
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.